0: What's up, everybody? It's Andrea. Today, this episode is Leftover Casserole. Shakespeare never clarified anything in life, and we asked the question, who thought, why would they even, you know, it doesn't even matter. Just come nerd out with us.
1: Welcome to the TNG Podcast, the number one place in the Alpha Quadrant
0: to geek out about all things Star Trek The Next Generation. I'm your co-host, Sharice. Hey, I'm your co-host, Andrea Sharice. Today, we're breaking down Season 7, Episode 23, Emergence. This episode was written by Joe Minoski and Brandon Braga. So they kind of brought the two together, um, and we'll get into why in, like, just a second. But kind of the short story is, like, um, Brandon Braga was so busy working on Best – not the Best of Both Worlds, sorry. All Good Things Part 1 and 2, because it's, Mm -hmm. like, two episodes away, that they brought in Joe Minoski, who – wrote Time's Arrow. So like, Hmm. definitely weaving some of those kind of ideas and themes together. And this episode was directed by Cliff Bull. If you're anything like me, and you read the title Emergence, and you're like, I don't know what the hell that is. (laughs) Here's what it is. (laughs) Because I never watch any episodes that are like this close to the end. Mm -hmm. A series of puzzling events on and off the holodeck lead the crew of the Enterprise to a surprising conclusion. The ship... (laughs) The ship is creating its own offspring. I'm sorry. The idea is just so stupid to me. The crew has to assist in this arduous process to ensure the survival of the emerging life form and their own. I'm sorry. It's just like my car is alive and it's having a car baby. Like um,
1: What's worse than that? It's like my car is alive and it's having like a cassette player baby. Yeah. And you're like, but that, but what? Huh? But why doesn't look anything like the dad? Yeah. Yeah. So (laughs) many so many questions oof this is going to be this is going to be a thing but before we get into the thing that this is going to be we have a very special guest joining us today we are joined by longtime listener listener and tng super fan matthew vasquez he's from venice california and has been a trek fan since his teens matthew welcome to the show
2: how are you guys <laughs> it's lovely to be here
0: <laughs> Yay! <laughs> We love having people on, and and we're lucky. We've had like a a guest heavy season seven, which I personally really love. Mm-hmm. I really do. Like I love I love the conversations Charisse and I have, and we talk about this often. Where like I'm editing the episodes and I will text her and be like, oh my god, I just came across that really funny moment we had. I love our dynamic; it's so fun. But like when you throw in a guest, it's also cool to hear like other mm-hmm. people's opinions, and it's just a treat to have you. So Matthew, I have two questions for you. One, how did you get into Trek? And two, who's your favorite TNG character and why?
2: Oh, so how I got into TNG was I watched pro wrestling, and it would show on. UPN. Oh, yeah. Immediately after would be TNG, so I would see a little bit of it, and I'd be like, "Mm, what's this guy with the visor, and this, like, gray guy? So, you (laughs) know, I kind of just, like, brushed it off, then I saw that uh, Netflix had it one time, and I watched, I can't remember, I think it was A Fistful of Datas. Um, Oh,
0: that's such a fun one! Mm -hmm. And I
2: just, I fell in love, (laughs) And, and I've not been able to stop since. I watch them, like, Almost every night.
0: I love that. I love that. And who's your favorite character?
2: Definitely Data. I definitely relate to how Data <laughs> is whoop. like social awkwardness where he's like, uh, oh, you guys, like, what's going on? Cheese? And they're like, mm. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so definitely data. A close second, I would have to say, obviously, Picard.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Right. We 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 established early on in our podcast that. Anyone who doesn't like Picard's a monster. You should yeah. not love such a great Papa guy. Picard.
0: <laughs> yeah, Papa Picard. We should have been calling him <laughs> in all along. I love Picard so much as a character that like it's to me, the character has transcended the actor where yeah. when I see Sir Patrick Stewart, I'm like, well, it's Picard. It's Papa Picard. And he just had a book that came out mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, and it's narrated by him. And I was like, oh, amazing. So I bought it on Audible and I'm listening to it. But his voice just sounds so like Old and raspy yeah. and like not like strong captain-e mm-hmm. voice from you know from like 30 something years ago. <laughs> I I had to return the book because I was like, I don't want to hear him like this. Oh, you don't remember just, him this way. Yeah, I was like, I don't want to think of him this way, which like Patrick Stewart, because I he's a longtime listener, obviously. I'm so sorry <laughs> of I of had course. to return your book. But I just <laughs> I was like, I uh, I know it's hard it's hard. It's actually it's hard a similar,
1: a similar feeling with us being in season seven, right? It's like yeah, the end of something. Yeah. And you know. for for Patrick Stewart, it's just like it's not that we're talking about the end of Patrick Stewart, it's just that he's a different person now than he was like 30 yeah. 40 years ago when he was doing TNG. Yeah. Um but even with being this so this far in the show of our review, it's like kind of coming to a close and I certainly don't want to ruminate and remember things like today's episode for example. Um, but really I'd rather like ruminate on some of the episodes from season three or season four, you know, some of those episodes where you're like, oh, they were so good. And there was still so much like hope and promise for the future. Cause you're like, man, we've got seasons to go. Like it was that kind of like combo of this is really good. And there's good things coming versus now when we're in an episode like today's, um, we're wrapping up. We're almost done with the whole show. Mm-hmm. And and this is what we get. Like, I don't know. I mean, yes. I don't know if they even if this was a great episode, I'd probably still have the same feeling where i would be like, oh, this was a great episode. And oh, it's so close to the end, you know.
0: It would have been um, bittersweet anyway. This one is a bit yeah, more. Bitter. It would have. Yeah. But mm-hmm. okay, so Matthew, as our guest, what are your initial thoughts on emergence?
2: Obviously, it's goofy as hell. <laughs> I I mean the the the, the
1: the, the bendy object. straw node? Yeah,
2: I was about to mm-hmm. say, it looks like something you get at, like, Knott's Berry Farm, like a silly straw. It's,
1: yes. You know, yeah. it's I mean, so it, made, <laughs> it made me want to drink something frosty. I don't know about <laughs> yeah, you guys, but I was yeah. like, I kind of want a smoothie or something now. Yeah. Like, like, should
0: I go to 7-Eleven get a slushie? And just... Yeah. Palm a Do bunch you guys of those remember straws? those straws?
1: Do you yeah. remember those like the when they were pl- the plastic bendy straws that yeah, yeah. like They've you got, could like, not the elbow? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and you you couldn't change them because they were like made this way somehow. Those <laughs> were so cool. I remember
0: as a kid being like, "Wow, angles in my straw! Amazing!" <laughs> it's it's <laughs> yeah. amazing how like geometry is fucking exciting for kids. They're like, "But it's bendy, yeah." So it's a straw, cool. <laughs> but shaped like a triangle. <laughs>
2: yeah, like, the yes, suction is like the
1: suction is questionable at best. But- <laughs> Yeah, yeah, not great, that. but it looks great. Yeah. That's yeah. all you care about as a kid. So, sorry, go ahead, Matthew.
2: <laughs> so, yeah, um, initial thought goofy as hell. Um, definitely, I would feel like it's a callback to something like a fistful of data, is not as charming. You mm-hmm. like, definitely there's not. This, yeah, there's just something about it that is just like it's slightly off, like, all the pieces are there, you know, like an emerging life form. All the puzzle pieces. All the puzzle pieces. You know, the computer being itself.
0: Yeah,
2: it's just it's all there, but it's so silly. It's also silly.
0: It is okay. I will tell you. Can I? (laughs) Can I just front load this whole conversation and say, this whole episode as a premise. Felt like such a mishmash, right? Because it's like mm-hmm. all the holodeck programs are kind of coming together at once, so it's a bunch of shit that doesn't really make sense. It feels mm-hmm. a little bit like the mint frosting episode, you yeah. know, where you're like, what the fuck is happening? Yeah, it so feels like I, a dream episode. Yeah, it feels like a fever dream episode to me, which I do not like yeah. having, and- um so here's what I did. I watched the episode to take notes and then I just got stoned and then watched it watch again, it again. As, an, as, <laughs> a, as just a viewer. And then yeah. I was like, oh, it's way more fun at this point to watch because I'm not trying to pick apart what's happening. I'm just sort of along for the ride. Yeah. It's like being fucking baked helped, but it's not a prerequisite for like enjoying the episode. Cause if you're just like along for the ride and you're like, I'm not even going to question it too much. I'm just going to kind of go, this was more fun, but like trying to pick it apart and analyze it. I was like, what the hell is happening? Mm. I'm getting such a migraine from this. You so, know what? That's, that's fair. Yeah. Picking things apart.
1: And I think that's, that's kind of a challenge with doing a podcast like this in general. Cause every episode yeah. we have to pick apart every little detail instead of just watching it. But for the episodes that we love, it makes me love them so much more because yes, it's like, yes. oh, I'm like squeezing out more goodness, more goodness yeah. juice out of this episode. <laughs> yeah. um, goodness juice then, is good. But then when it's episodes like this and you're picking it apart, you're just like, Ugh. it's more like picking through the trash to find a really important receipt. You're just like, oh, that turns
0: <laughs> out has been in your wallet the whole time. And now you're just <laughs> covered in garbage.
2: Yeah, trying to return an audiobook. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: Where is it? <laughs> Need a receipt? God damn it, trees! Get out of the trap! So, <laughs> yeah. I for
1: my initial thoughts, I just put this one is so stupid, <laughs> and and the thing is, I think the idea was so interesting. Yeah, the idea of a sentient ship is so interesting, and I'm and I'm totally down with the ship became sentient. We had sentient sand before, sure, why not? We had a giant. We, we had micro brains like that was trying to kill everybody. That did mm. kill everybody. We had the, cut cut the nanobots. Planets.
0: Like yeah. we've, had all, yes. we've had all kinds of technology turn to life on this show.
1: And I am cool with that. So that yeah. idea, I was like, okay, that works for me. Like it's so interesting, but the execution of the idea, or I don't know what, or maybe it's to Matthew's point. It's a lot of puzzle pieces that are here, but the combination of them just made a picture I don't care for. The episode itself felt like to me how Andrea must feel whenever she watches a dream episode. Like, that's how I felt. I was like, oh, this is what she means. Yeah, this does suck. Because I like dream episodes. Yeah, I'm always like, ooh, like, you know, it's like... Same characters, new role. Exactly, same characters, but they're doing something a little different. But this episode, I was just like, this is just stupid nonsense. Why are we talking in metaphor? Why don't you just tell a real story? Yeah,
2: Mm, Right, right. (laughs) Why do we need
1: analogies? Why do we need people who represent other things? Why don't you just say the
0: thing? By the way, I can't fucking tell you how upset I was through both watches (laughs) when the engineer... (laughs) Deanna was like, maybe the engineer represents navigation. I was like, God, what the fuck? How does it not represent engineering? How does it just not represent that? Like, which is what everybody's been calling. I was I was like, Deanna. Okay, what not the conductor gonna... represent navigation since apparently Thank the conductor, you, you know, should the, engineer, the train? Who I just referred to as the engineer and everybody on the ship has been calling him the engineer is a navigator. Bitch, if you don't sit down, like I was so mad about that. Both, even stoned, I was like, no, no, girl, no. Okay, so but you, but you just had a head wound, so like okay, I'll let it go. <laughs> but. So okay, were were there any other
1: initial thoughts from you, though, Andrea? You've given you given a lot of thoughts. But did know, you have like a specific really thing you wanted to say?
0: Um. Okay, so the specifics that I wrote was like kind of like the my car is alive thing um I, I again i never watch anything this close to the series finale so this was actually kind of a new watch for me i vaguely remembered like some elements of the episode mm-hmm. like the conductor yeah but i always figured in my mind that i was just like misremembering parts of like times arrow or something right right and, and then i was like sense. right where i was like no that must have just been in times arrow and i like forgot it or i misremembered or i kind of mashed like two different mm-hmm. shows together but then i realized it was a whole new horror episode and i was like not, <laughs> <laughs> not ideal okay how about you? Yeah, no, it just was dumb. It was just dumb. Like I, it just was dumb.
1: I don't like that this whole episode takes place in the holodeck. I and, and you know what? That doesn't even bother me. What bothers me is the way they did this. Yes. the fact that they said, "Well, I mean, there's just like a bunch of programs running, and they're all just hanging out, um, on the Orient Express, um, doing puzzles and like shooting each other. What the, f- huh? And then, <laughs> and then they're like, oh, the the safety. She, shaky- she goes. The safeties are off. So like, if you get shot in the holodeck, you get shot don't, for real. And you're like, okay, don't, however, don't even get me started
0: on yeah. all that.
1: However, we can walk in and out of the holodeck whenever we want. So that's not, that's not affected. Because usually when there's a holodeck meltdown, you're trapped in the holodeck, which adds the stakes. Here, there's yeah, no yeah. stakes. So you just what? Leave. You could just leave. You could just <laughs> literally leave. That guy like, just got shot in the back and you could just turn around and walk out. Yeah. yeah. Like, all
2: right. See ya. the hell? <laughs> yeah.
1: Okay, that's so- what I don't like, is that is that. It's like, it can be on a holodeck, that's fine. But the way they chose to tell the story seems so unreasonably stupid
0: to me. Um it, it, yeah. it, I feel like it made more sense when I watched it as just like a passenger and and on edibles. Because then I was like, well, I see they were trying to like tell some parallel stories. But like, I also feel like the writers were baked out of their minds when they put this together. Because I was like, this doesn't make any sense in like a logical setting so here here i do have some trivia the story for this episode originated from brandon braga's desire to create one more holodeck story prior to the series end so after briefly considering a dixon hill adventure which would have been like endlessly better i feel like (laughs) matthew's shaking his fist by the way Uh, what could have been like what could have been so much better and beverly could have come back with like the big hair and the hat and the fucking lipstick like so after briefly considering that they decided on this way worse episode that they called the ultimate holodeck show. And Braga said, quote, I felt if we were going to do another holodeck show, we should do one like we've never seen before. I mean, that's not really a good thing. It's a bizarre amalgam of all the holodeck shows we've ever seen. I had in my mind this image of Dixon Hill mixed with King Arthur's court, crossed with Old West, crossed with modern day New York, all thrown together and our people trapped in this adventure, which as you pointed out, they weren't. They could just leave. They could leave anytime. And who...
1: Who had a holodeck trip to New York? When when was that? When did we see Huck Finn?
0: I don't remember seeing (laughs) a Huck Finn holodeck. Like these characters, I don't recall. Why don't we pick someone that we actually remember from a holodeck episode? That like rednecky hillbilly episode. I was like, is redneck a slur? I don't know. I don't know if I could say. So I looked it up, and in the show, he's called for some reason the hayseed. The fuck is a hayseed? Like it's a seed of a hay. But I was like, when has that ever been used as a term for anybody? Hey, yeah, see. I was like the conductor. I don't recognize it. The it would be pumpkin, different, like
1: it would be different if they actually pulled characters from old Holodeck episodes. However, in the old yeah. Holodeck episodes, it was like the crew. You know, like you remember Barclay's nonsense. It was like the actual crew as different people, but it wasn't. It wasn't these other people. What, what were you going to say, Matthew?
2: I was going to say um, the Hayseed too. I was just look, looking at one of like the fan wikis, and um, they were talking about like the different metaphors and all that, and they were saying the Hayseed most likely represented the Tractor Beam. <laughs> so, the what? The Tractor Beam, because, you know, oh, how y'all tra- doing, tra-
0: tractors?
2: <laughs> the Tractor Beam. <laughs> yeah. When I read about
0: this, like, oh, wow. You guys <laughs> cannot see Sharice's face, but it was a mixture of puzzle,
1: horror, and like just... Confusion, complete confusion. confusion. And also...
0: I can't possibly have heard that right. (laughs) It's just a whole (laughs) bunch of fun. So, I actually did create a list of the characters and I was like, I think it'd be fun to play a game to be like, who do we think each of these are supposed to represent? Because again, Star Trek's got to do this whole dream bullshit where it's like, just tell a direct story. Just tell a direct story. You're Star Trek for fuck's sake.
1: Yeah. And you're in season seven.
0: Ionizing polarization or whatever the fuck. Like, give us something direct. Like, don't trap somebody on a
1: moon. Let's go with an oldie but a goodie. Trap someone on a moon that's atmosphere is failing and they only have 12 hours to live unless they get Ooh. to this cave, but they can't beam out of the cave. Without, come on, mm-hmm. just throw some stuff in. Just throw some stuff in.
0: And we all know how that's going to go because if it's a whole civilization, can't do shit because of Prime Directive. No, but if it's, but if it's one guy, sun, son, yeah. possibly Picard's son rock climbing illegally somewhere, he's off. He's or if it's out. Data, we'll just send the whole ship so it's one person puppy if
1: it's one person like we can totally do that throw a monster down there that they have to come on just put some
0: you know anyway so armis is still (laughs) armis is still on Vega 2 being like i'm waiting i'm waiting for someone to come back yeah meanwhile they're like armis we're gonna do this mashup holodeck fuckery that like ruins all we wanted to all. bring
1: together all the characters meaning none of the characters we have ever seen before in this yeah. episode okay. i was like
0: i was like a mob hitman maybe that's dixon hill and the, and mm. like maybe the flappers were kind of dixon hilly but i was like um maybe the night i was guessing maybe the night was like from barclays three musketeers oh, okay and i was like but even that i feel like it's a stretch because i'm like were there knights? no
1: what? there weren't there were, like, at all no
0: I was, Barclay was the savior of the day there was, was... like
1: yeah okay well anyway, did, did we you want to do you want to save the character piece for when we get to the characters yeah okay all right so this episode <laughs> we <even> starts... started <laughs> yeah but we've pretty much summed up the entire episode so if you're done <laughs> listening to us now feel free to That's leave okay. like this is we what we're gonna hurt. say yeah. over and over yeah. okay so it starts out with data in the holodeck doing shakespeare's the tempest mm-hmm. and um i have to say the makeup job was was really really cool to see data but in this like old-timey costume like that was a really nice touch and very well done very beautiful and so data and picard are chit-chatting and picard's telling him about like oh it's so dark in here i can't really see you i can't really appreciate the performance and data's like well but it's like fits the the vibe i'm going for and anyways as they're chit-chatting a train comes out of nowhere a steam locomotive Mm -hmm. of all trains not a bullet train not a subway train no but like a a whole
0: yeah, yeah train yeah
1: out of nowhere and for some reason in the entire holodeck the only place this train can go is exactly where they're standing. Right? So
0: at I was the like, very last... For a second, I was like, oh, is Q back to fuck with them? Like, we haven't seen him in a while. I know, oh, that's it's true. It's just a holodeck malfunction. You're like, but it had to come
1: right at me? It had to come right at them. There's no other place in this entire holographic world that that train could have possibly been aimed. So at the very last second, Data throws Picard over to the side, and they both get out of the way just in time because Picard was going in program in program in program Mm -hmm. and the program didn't end so then you're like oh no this is what i thought oh no they're trapped in the holodeck two seconds later after the commercial break they just walk out of the holodeck and they're like that was weird
0: (laughs) (laughs) even trapped in this picard has a
2: little scratch even the point
0: of (laughs) that (laughs) picard does have the nice Um, little scratch on the like (laughs) cheekbone yeah by the way (laughs) how did he get that scratch (laughs) i was wondering the same thing the shrubbery, the holographic shrubbery Uh, yeah Yeah, was it the holographic stick his face landed on I keep thinking about ways that you can possibly improve this no 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 (laughs) there's there's none chuck it down the bin and turn on the garbage (laughs) disposal down that thing goes it's done (laughs) goodbye let's bring back Aquiel so (laughs) no it's not that it's not it's not not Aquiel bad it's not I take it back I take it back I don't want the like gods of bad television to curse me now but um I was thinking about ways that like you could possibly get hurt on the holodeck and I'm thinking if you like jump and hit the ground really hard like the floor of the holodeck mm-hmm. it, you're just hitting a floor right so it's mm-hmm. like you could break a bone or hurt yourself that way but like a cut on the cheek from a from some shrubbery no no yeah. that's not a thing at all <laughs> yeah, not
2: it, was, it was like a rug burn
0: i was like where would that come from kind
1: <laughs> of <laughs> was so many questions but i guess he needed to be scratched
0: so that he could go to sick bay question mark Mm -hmm. well it turns out that the orient express program is beverly's and so she's patching picard up and she's talking about how you know how how the heck did like my program get thrown into this tempest set that's kind of weird and so you know she's kind of talking about the romanticism of the original orient express which was a real train service that was a very high-end luxury um train service. It linked famous destinations in the uh, late 1800s and early 1900s, um, like Paris, Istanbul, which was then Constantinople, Budapest, Vienna, and others. The train was known for its super luxurious amenities and was one of the most popular means of travel for wealthy tourists and royals and diplomats and spies.
1: Dun dun
0: dun! Um, yeah, but the that Orient would have been a cool episode, right? <laughs> that would have been so much cooler. But the Orient Express was more than a simple train; it was kind of this idea that captured like the imagination of the mm-hmm. public. Because then we have of like travel and and exotic like, locations, exotic yes. people. Yes, and obviously we got, we got like murder on the Orient Express, and so that became like canonized in like pop culture. The Orient Express stopped running around the mid 1970s, mm. but a company called Venice Simplon bought it and now runs the Venice Simplon Orient Express. It still runs those ultra high end luxury trains. It's been on my bucket list forever mm. to get to spend a night cuz they do like one and two and three night like trips like Paris to like Vienna or to like whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Um uh, it, it's kind of like riding the Polar Express. Like you get your own private butler and everything for your journey, like state rooms and you dress like an ultra black tie, which actually there is a level above black tie. It's white tie. So you dress like white tie for dinner and it's a whole everything. A single night journey will set you back $10,000. Wow. So it Let me will tell remain you. In a bucket list forever, I'm afraid. <laughs> Let me Unless tell there's you, any I... rich, extremely old men with, like, one foot in the grave and the other foot on a banana peel who, like, <laughs> want to get married real quick. And then I could, just, you know, do a quick I mean... trip on the Orange Express and call it a do day. Do you need to get married for all that? No. Just... no. <laughs> okay. I just, well... I, can I just win the lottery? <laughs> That's way easier and less paperwork.
1: Right. So my I didn't know any of this about I mean, I knew the Orient Express was real. I didn't know it was a, a luxury experience or oh yeah that it cost it that was it still like exists. Easy
0: the high end experience. Yeah.
1: Or that's a ten grand, you know, experience. I did not know any of this. But what I do know is taking Amtrak from California to Oregon, and that's some crap. So when I saw this, I was like, <laughs> It is none of anything you just said. Yeah. So I was like, uh-uh, Orange Express, pass, pass. I will not be getting on the holodeck on another effing train. I won't do it in a boat. I won't do it in a moat. I will not do it anywhere. Like, I will not do these train trips because my last train trip was so traumatic. Oh, so no. I was like, what is Beverly thinking but now that you said all that that actually does oh my gosh nice.
0: it basically <laughs> is like if you guys can get over the really creepy like animation of the polar express it really is like that where it's like white linen tablecloth service and and servers and butlers and barm and like when you go to dinner like service staff will come in and like transform your ca- your like day cabin into like a bedroom sleeping arrangement leave like mints on your pillow and wake you up with like coffee and pastries. like all this shit it's like super 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 fancy and I would kill to get to do it but mm. you know yeah yeah so i, I feel post, like we I didn't have, have any of that of this on our social media just so people can see what this episode what missing supposed to look like yeah because <laughs> yeah. that would have been amazing
1: like even if we saw that like any of that <sighs> i would have, you know what would have been interesting if we did do like a murder on the orient express but mm. trek style yes. if it was a murder mystery on the train kind of like the dixon hill that thing that would have been way more fun it would have been super interesting and we could figure out why somebody got killed, or maybe it could have been a holographic character who gets killed and they have to solve their who
0: knows what. But like- I feel like the writing room, somebody in the writing room had to have had that idea. And Brandon Brava is like, no, I need bigger, longer, more, more extravagance, more extra. You know, it's like when you over something so much, you like yeah. over it to death, where it's like, this is now just yeah. trash.
1: This is seven layer bean dip that somehow got mi- mixed with pudding or something. It, that's what it, where you're like, oh, there's too many things and these things don't go. Yeah, and one so, of the, and one of the layers is toothpaste. Like you're like, God damn it,
2: a toothpaste and
1: orange juice. <laughs> so, but anyways, we find out that Beverly loves the Orient Express, and from Andrea's beautiful background information, we understand why she loves the Orient Express. So we're like, okay, good to know. Now, back on the bridge, um, turns out the ship is looking for new Federation colony sites because why not? And then suddenly the ship goes into warp and nobody knows why. And so, you know, it's like, Jordy, what's going on? And Jordy has no answers. No one has any answers. He's trying to take the warp core offline. And then suddenly the ship stops. And then Picard's like, good job, Geordi, you saved the day. And he's like, oh, that was not me. So now they're like, well, this is strange Next thing you know, we're on the bridge and Jordy's kind of explaining whatever he's discovered in his investigations mm-hmm. that there was some kind of anomaly. I didn't really catch this part and I didn't have I the patience you. to rewind it. Okay. I got you. Because I was like, whatever, some science science something. <laughs> and it was going to destroy the ship in like 1.6 seconds mm-hmm. if the ship didn't leave. So the ship like,
0: Left Left of its own accord (laughs) to save the day. So what? What was the thing? It was theta flux distortion. Which I was like, "Hey, you nailed another great Trek term, though." Yeah. You guys created a soup sandwich of an episode. An absolute mess. Okay, unpalatable, nigh unwatchable. (laughs) But you did give us theta flux distortion, so I'm cool with this. I'm cool with this. Yeah. I
2: I love the name, but there was one thing in particular about that conversation. They have a name for it, but Starfleet didn't design the sensors to pick it up, and it's, like, deadly. <laughs> it's like, wait, just go out there in space. Uh, space. Ah, you're good, yeah.
1: So here's what gets me about this. Thank <laughs> you. In the next scene, Jordy and Data are in the Jefferies tubes trying to figure out what made the ship go to warp, warp and Jordy's like, yeah, this is so weird, I just... I Just don't understand, like, why the ship would have jumped at that exact moment, it couldn't be a coincidence. And I'm just so stuck on this idea. And I was like, er, Wait a minute, why aren't we stuck on the idea to Matthew's point that we almost got destroyed by some freaking theta, whatever theta the flux,
0: F. theta flux distortion? There, yeah, not we focus on
1: detecting that. How about that? Who could why the ship left?
0: We're never configured to
1: detect yeah, this, yeah, but it and if we would have up. waited. But they picked it up now. But if we would have waited one point six more seconds, it was, it was the 1. whole ship would have. Seven ex-
0: seconds would have ex- fucking been ripped apart. Yeah. Um
1: no, I don't care why the ship jumped. Let's figure out that. Let's go ahead and turn that on. Let's start detecting that. Yeah. Let's yeah. try to Theater, prevent that. Start sensing all of the things. How about
0: that? Like, yeah. what is this? Yeah, That's why I like, wrote in my hmm. notes
1: in, like, bright yellow and
0: bold. We, I was like, we're we asking running, the wrong question. Why are we running the ship's sensors on econ mode? Like, what are we, what <laughs> are we trying to conserve? It's on airplane What's mode. Just leave it. Leaving. <laughs> it totally so here was, here was my other problem with this. <laughs> They're, you know, they're going warp 7.3 and helmet navigational controller not working. And they're like, Jordy, can you shut it down? And he's like, yeah, but essentially doing like an e-brake stop of the engines are going to take the warp drive offline for about a week until it can be restarted. What the fuck? Right. Since when? Don't we turn this thing on and off all the time time. like a switch? I feel like that's a design flaw that even Dr. Brahms couldn't have looked past. I was like, come on. A week because you had to like push the red stop button? Come on. And think about it. Like, if this was a car and you hit the emergency brake,
1: you can't start your car again for six more days. That's crazy. Come on. Come, Come
0: on. on now. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, I, I was like, hold the hold hold the phone. <laughs> what do you mean it's another week before? I feel like at this point the writers were like, you know, it doesn't even matter. Just throw it up there. Just put it on the script. Just who cares? <laughs> um, so here's the thing that gets me in the Jeffries tube. Data and Jordy are like, you know, they're theorizing about what could have led to that jump to warp. And Jordy remarks to Data. I don't know if I'm really ready to start believing in luck. And I wrote, really, Jordy, Really? The Enterprise is like the luckiest son of a bitch that's ever flown these stars, okay? Mm-hmm. How many times have you like, gotten away in the nick of time or perverted disasters. you guys have been literally caught in a time loop wherein you've been destroyed and everybody dies for weeks straight and as luck would have it data was able to think of like the correct code word to program ahead in the last minute save so that you guys all could live and you're telling me you're not ready to start believing in luck really jordy yeah I mean and, you're in, smart, but yeah, and on.
2: engineering is like the most dangerous place on the ship. Like <laughs> even in this episode, he's like blown away. And
1: I'm just like, like four yes. or
0: five times. Yes. Yeah. Like four yeah. 20, but. And then he just gets back up and goes back to work. I was like, yeah. wow, but Picard that is got some like work a ethic? Picard got a scratch from an imaginary bush and had to go to sick bay for and it. And
1: Jordy had no third or four three burns that he should have had from a all the explosions in front of his face yeah so anyways <laughs> oh, they open so... they open a panel and Such then this mess. is this is the first time we see the bundle of bendy straws and this yeah. is where i got thirsty this <laughs> right here i, I was,
0: was like, like thirsty in like instagram terms but no you're right not at all mm-hmm. not I at like all i really do need like i wanted a i drink. wanted like
1: a slurpee yeah. i was like this <laughs> makes this whole scene makes me want a slurpee And I want the cherry flavor right now. Pretzels are making me thirsty. Yeah, hundred (laughs) percent. And it's just, it doesn't look like it looks very cool as far as like being a '90s kid. It's like, oh, the bendy straw. But as far as all the special effects that they've ever done on the show, it's not the best,
0: right? Like, I don't. Can I tell you something even worse? Yeah. It's the little the baby enterprise that's in Cargo Bay Five? That's basically just the bendy straws with some light. Yeah, that was created by Steven Spielberg's special effects company, and I was like, really, Steve? Was, was it the strong? was it was it created by the people who had just gotten fired or something? Or <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you don't know? I mean, I don't know. I it don't was, know, but I was like, do you really, Steven? Do you really want to attach your name to this? Right, it may have been really done, like, cool.
1: At the time, and I could will say been. it does look, it's so nostalgic. So at the time, it may have been the most amazing thing I've ever seen. But just looking at like some of their practical effects and things that they've done in the past, I'm like, ah, maybe yeah. they should have just CGI'd this. Maybe they shouldn't have built like an actual thing. They could have just, you know, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. But in any case, this is what they have. It does look cool. it, it I mean, it doesn't make sense. It looks a little dumb. But as a, like a kid, I would have loved this thing. Um, so we see the Bendy Straws and they're like, oh, what's that? And so they go to like check it out and there's a little force field around it protecting it. And Jordy's like, well, I guess I was wrong when I said that the sensors and the warp engines are not connected. I guess they are. And so somehow the ship knew that that totally lethal thing was about to kill us all and saved us. How interesting. Okay. So then we go back to engineering and Jordy's like, look, there are nodes just like this bendy straw node all over the ship. And they're multiplying and they're connecting everything together. And we will lose control of the ship like very soon. And so Riker's like, what? We need to like stop them or get rid of them or something. <laughs> like do we and, have any raid or traps or
0: anything yeah. we can
1: set? Yeah. Can we do anything about this? And data is pretty much like, no. But just so you know, the focal point is in the holodeck. So it seems like that's kind of like an organizational center, like the brain of this whole operation. So they're like, all right, well, in that case, let's just go check out in the holodeck. Just go deactivate it. And hopefully these nodes will go away. So at this point, no one's worried, huh? We're not
0: We're not worried that well, nodes are taking over the ship? No, we're like, all good with that? Here's, okay. here's something too. In the observation lounge, when Jordy and Data are like giving the rundown to the senior crew, we learn that there are many nodes like this all over the ship, and they're linking all these systems together, including sensors, warp control, and the defensive systems. And my question is, how are these systems not controlled and connected before? How are they not all connected before? Isn't that what this ship is? It's one interconnected set of systems. You know what? That is how a are fair they point. Not connected before? I was like, that's a fair doing? point because I'm pretty it's sure on one time. of our
1: one of our earlier episodes. Whoever what? it was was in the cargo bay and they were running the whole ship from that panel. So <laughs>
2: probably Chief O'Brien little... going around to hitting every button to make all the systems work. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. hundred yeah. percent. That's a good point. How were they not connected? Do so we really need was, somebody to stand at a different station to push the button? No,
0: this, no, not at all. Not even close. You could run that bad boy from one of those panels in the hallway. Seriously. Now, data does speculate that like, because they were like, well, what, what's causing these nodes to be created? Like they just came from nowhere. Data did speculate that the magnoscopic storm that they had passed through that was like unexpected had created some sort of unexpected effect on the ship system. So this was me. This was me on the second watch through not analyzing this too much. It brought to mind the famous Miller-Urey experiment of 1952. These team of scientists were trying to figure out what the most plausible start of organic life was. And it's it looks like from this experiment that was replicated a bunch of times is that lightning may have provided the spark needed for life to begin. So electrical sparks can generate amino acids and sugars from an atmosphere that's loaded with with water, methane, ammonia, and hydrogen. And so they did that in this experiment in the early 1950s, and they were able to create amino acids that could form organic compounds that could then form like living mm-hmm. th- tissue mm-hmm. and so i was like "Ooh, that was their little bit of like their little bit of like technology here that it's like they've created a, a miller ure experiment from flying through that like magnoscopic storm so i was like oh, okay it's like a little spark of life that like started
1: yeah i think the technology is on point with this episode like their techno babbles legit mm-hmm. like the, those things are done very well yeah it's the actual story the story is what falls apart and i think That's so true with any show, movie, book, et cetera. Like if you have a really great story, all the rest can kind of be trash. But Mm -hmm. if it's a really good story, you'll remember the story. You'll be like, oh, man, that story was so great. Totally. If you have like really great visuals and really great acting and all of this, but the story is really stupid, at least for me, all I remember is like, wow, that was really stupid. Like I forget how beautiful it was. I forget how I forget all the other great, amazing things you had because I'm stuck on how bad that story was. Mm-hmm. And I think this is a case of that. Like the the techno babble and technology is I I thought was really great. Um, even the, the way that they had the little Bendy straws inside the Jeffreys tube and then also in the nodes, and then when yeah. they showed the neurons later on in the episode, like all of that I thought was legit. It was the actual story, it was whatever's yeah. happening on this train. Mass it's so stupid yeah. that it overwhelms anything about the episode that actually was good mm-hmm. because it's in relation to this nonsense so
0: speaking of holodecks they go back to the holodeck to check it out which i love is like the central place where they all converge why why would we converge on a holodeck
1: that's where it all started in the holodeck of all places hey better the holodeck than the replicators i guess
0: I, because I guess.
1: food yeah. <laughs> so yes Okay, so we go back to the holodeck, and it happened to be the one that Data was in, right? So we go back to the holodeck, holodeck three or whatever, and Data's like, oh, the holodeck is still running, even though I turned it off when we left earlier. And they're like, that's weird. What program is it running? It's running multiple programs all, all by itself, and it can't be turned off. So naturally, this is what I wrote in my notes. So naturally, Data, Worf, and Rock, Riker just walk in. Yeah, Um wait a minute you what what all is it running what if it's running wharfs like kinesthetic crazy that's the same thing i program? just thought i was like thank <laughs> god we didn't see that
0: skeletor dude yes with the giant
1: like daggers wall, or whatever it had shit. yeah no thankfully no. he wasn't on the train or maybe he was in a different car <laughs> um but they just straight up walk in, like, oh, cool. All the programs are running. Let's
0: check it out. So they just walk in. <laughs> also, like, you're not even gonna bother getting you're not even gonna bother getting into some kind of period costume because that's like what well, we all want to see too. I'm like, we all want to see that.
1: <laughs> but which period? And I guess that's the question.
0: Yes. No. The answer to that is yes. <laughs> <laughs> the answer to that is all of them.
1: Yeah. So yeah. they walk in and they see a bunch of characters hanging out on the Orient Express doing a puzzle together, whatever. The conductor comes walking through, punching people's tickets, sure. Hunk, huck finn mentions that this is his first trip on a train and he's they going to vertiform it. city and he's so excited okay for some reason the conductor completely ignores Riker, uh data and wharf um so i was like oh maybe he can't see them because you know sometimes depending on the holodeck yep. technology sometimes they can't they don't know what's real sometimes they do know what's real it's really kind of all up in the air um so he ignored them so i was like oh maybe they don't they, they don't see that the crew is there so they can't interact with them but then like two seconds later, the conductor starts talking to them. So I was like, okay, well, I don't know why he just walked past them and didn't take their tickets then. I don't know what happened. But in any case, the engineer comes out at some point when Data's like, he locates a node. And he's like, oh, well, let me like disconnect, whatever the heck. And as soon as he does that, the conductor's like, leave that alone, get away from there. And the engineer comes running out and he's like, they're trying to hijack the train. They're trying to hijack the train. And then somebody shoots him in the back and it's like some mob guy. Yeah. And then they're just like, well, that was weird. And they all leave i was like what
2: <laughs> bummer well, let's go back to 10 forward
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah actually i'm feeling well, like nice, that guy like a nice bowl of cereal let's get out of here Yeah. by the way i love no nodes all I around love, <laughs> i love that the engineer is like because it, yeah it wasn't until the crew was trying to depolarize one of the nodes and like really it was like trying to interact and and like deactivate the node that the program kind of turned on them right and it's like get away from there don't touch it so that's when the engineer was like but no no leave them they're trying to help they're trying to help so the i don't know what the engineer was supposed to represent but i guess was it conscience i don't know i have no freaking idea and honestly i don't care enough to like speculate that much about it like i'm not that invested but i do love that someone goes well if you're not driving the train, then who's driving the train? And that's when he gets shot in the back, and the like mafioso dude comes out from behind the door, going, "I am." But you're not. But are you're you not driving the train? Because <laughs> yeah. you're here shooting. Oh, I thought the you're same, same thing. Shoot motherfuckers in the back. You're I not driving. The
1: shit. You're not I driving thought, anything. I thought all of that. I thought who's driving the train when he comes out, and they're like, "Hey, it's the engineer." I was like, hmm. "Is he the one who's supposed to be like, is he steering or shoveling? <laughs> What's the part that he's doing?" Okay. And then when the guy's like, "Who's driving the train?" I was like, "Yeah, who is driving the train?" <laughs> And then when the mobster's like, I am, I was like, "Mm, but you're here shooting people. So again, who's driving
0: this train? Is this train on auto? It's classic movie bad guy line. That's like, I'm driving the train now. It's like, but are you though? Because somebody needs to look out the window, make sure we don't hit cows or whatever we're doing. Yeah. So then I thought, (laughs) okay, well, maybe this
1: mobster guy has a bunch of other mobster buddies, right? Because this is a true hijacking. Maybe he's got other mobster buddies who are like in other parts of the train. But no, it's only this guy. This one guy. This is the only guy we see from his era or program or whatever. Yeah. So it's just all a big question mark. If you start shooting other characters in the Orient Express, doesn't that like negate your ability to create all the pieces and bring them all together because one of the pieces is dead at yeah. your feet.
0: And this is the other part of the point. whole episode that messed with me <laughs> where it's like the computer kept giving things to itself or taking things away from itself. And I was like, I don't understand what you're doing. And when you figure out all your teenage angst enterprise, <laughs> you get back to me because like it gave itself the gold brick yeah. I was like, but you had it all along. So yes. okay, you know what? Never mind. I'm not even who cares? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it took it from uh, point A to point B, but yeah. it was all
1: in the same holodex. So
0: <sighs> Okay, so Matthew. Are you still with us at this point? Because I feel like I would have <laughs> jumped off the train. I would have been like, I'm out. <laughs> you don't need to jump off. You just walk out the door. Yeah, just walk out. <laughs> Anytime you want. Well. Yeah, yeah. Oh, the,
2: the safety's off. I should probably leave. <laughs> <It's>,
0: that's, <laughs> that's unfortunate. That's yeah. the other thing. Okay, so as, as the engineer gets shot at the same time, in main engineering, a panel overloads and throws Jordy, like, blasts him off his feet and onto his back. <laughs> Yeah. No so cute t- little scar for him. No, the navigational relay has blown apparently. So Ooh. at this point on the train, the conductor pulls the cord and announces they're back on track to Vertiform City. And at that moment, the Enterprise jumps to warp. So, or sorry, not warp. It jumps to warp. And I'm the whole time. I'm just like, the program is like acting out its emotions. In the holodeck, but it's, again, it's kind of back to that, like, it's giving itself something and it's taking things away. Like, if you need it, as you said, if you needed all those components, why would you shoot yourself in the back <laughs> and then remove one of the components of the yeah. personality that need to tell the story <laughs> to get the crew? That, yeah. You know what this felt like, girl? This felt a whole lot like two moons circling. <laughs> That's what this felt like. Just tell me the thing that you
1: mean. Where are you? I can't find you. Oh my God. I have a message for you, but I can't say it until I see the whites of your eyes. Yeah.
0: And and also, I only have 0.01 seconds to tell you. Yeah. No. Time is running out. Yeah. 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 Hello? Just tell, just tell me what you need. Tell
1: me what you need. Echo, (laughs) echo, girl, girl. The ship has been destroyed 10 times over. Yeah. 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 You know what? One moon
0: circling or two moon circling, whatever. You're right on that. You're right on that. It's a little bit of a a direct. give me a a mind
1: boomerang. It's just going all around and then it comes back to the beginning. And then you're like, well, why'd you throw it in the first place then? (laughs) It's just gonna come right back here. Yeah, it Um, really is. So that's what's going on. And that relay explosion, I thought Jordy like died or something, but he was literally, just, he was fine. He was didn't even get a bruise, sprained ankle, nothing. I thought, I was like,
0: oh no, he's good. Oh, wait, he's fine. So I, like, even there, I there, there could have been I some- hope that Jordy has like opted for the PPO plan on the like health <laughs> right? benefits because he gets <laughs> tossed around so much. Him and yeah. War. Yeah. Like, you know, Picard, Picard has gotten smacked around a good amount of mm-hmm. times, but he gets the gold plan just because he's captain. But everybody else, I hope that you have chosen the best medical yeah. coverage wasn't Jordy or a dollar can't afford wasn't Geordie in the turbo lift when it started like just throwing him
1: from side to side? He was there
0: when the pack leads were like stunning the shit out of him. Yeah, yeah the pack leads totally did kidnap him. Poor and, thing. Like absolutely tortured him. It's like Geordie. So I, I, I guess at this point he's been through so much and he's like little panel overload, little blast to the floor, like all in a day's work. Little it's explosion, whatever. nothing to worry about. Right. So the the hitman actually pulls a gold brick off like the front pocket of the of the engineer's. Oshkosh bagosh. And he holds it up. <laughs> from face, Yeah. Cute little conductors, like, overalls. And they're like, it's valuable. Hold on to that. So the conductor tells the crew, Sharice is dying over here.
2: <laughs> she just disappeared from
0: the window, too. He is wearing Oshkosh bagosh. He is. <laughs> so much nostalgia
1: yeah. in one in one terrible episode. <laughs> yeah, so he pulls the brick, right? And he, it's like a gold brick, because yes. why not? And it's like Which that's is clearly really- a brick that's just been spray painted gold.
0: <laughs> it's like it's not even in like. Foil or shiny? Yeah,
1: they couldn't Willy Wonka that bad boy. Yeah, it's just a brick with some gold. Y'all went to Home Depot, spray paint. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have that same kind of spray paint. I know exactly the one they used. Well, to I know make that brick.
0: I know who I'm going to be cosplaying as. I'm going to get some pinstripe, like seersucker Oshkosh, and a little neckerchief and a gold spray painted brick in my front pocket, and yeah. I will go to Trekcon and nobody will know who I am. <laughs> no, yeah. So does inconsequential AF. So. Yeah, yes, yeah,
1: yes, one hundred percent. So. He's like, okay, I got to keep, you know, got to keep this safe. Does he? Okay, fine. So then that's when Data's like, oh, the safeties have been turned off, you know, of the holodeck. And we're like, of course, of course. And I put in my notes, it wouldn't be a holodeck deb- debacle if the safeties were still on. It would just be a regular day. I However, just... like I said, you can walk out anytime. any time. So that, to me, really decreases the, <laughs> yeah. like, stress level
0: here. Yeah, they're like, we could just turn it off and not come back in here.
2: Yeah, at least How about before you already, off? like, trapped him in there. At least he tried.
0: <laughs> yeah. And at least he was that cool. was great. Like, see, that one was super cool, especially shipping a bottle because he created like the holodeck inside the holodeck. Mm-hmm. So he mm-hmm. was able to like walk off. I'm doing air quotes. Yeah. He inceptioned nobody, that piece. Yeah. He yeah. inceptioned that bad boy. So everybody thought he actually got off the, the like holodeck. I cannot stress enough how false these stakes are how is a light projection going to hurt me like i get that it's trek, mm-hmm. okay but that's like saying that tupac's hologram is gonna physically harm me mm-hmm. um okay yeah it, won't. it it's light
1: the things that do like, make sense when the holodeck safeties are off is when they're doing like you know skydiving or whatever and it's like even the even though they're not You know, even if they don't hit the ground or whatever, it's that like adrenaline and that rush and that thing that can't control their heart. Like, maybe they could have a heart attack. Like, yeah, sure. sure. But you're right. If it's like a a knife, a gun, whatever, it is a beam of light. So even even though you're making it, you're making it like physical. Yeah. Will it have enough mass to actually produce damage? I don't know. In in this case, yes, apparently. So they're like, oh, no, the (laughs) safeties are off. Okay. So they don't really care. Doesn't really matter. Doesn't matter at all. And so Data tells Riker that what's happening in the holodeck is happening directly on the ship. There's some kind of connection and the configuration of the nodes looks like, just like Data's neural net. And so Data's but like- does I, it though?
0: Did you guys see that Elkhart's panel? It's like, here's a human brain. So here's my, you know, positronic net. And they look pretty similar. And then there's like this fucking Minecraft looking like construction <laughs> that's got kind of a long piece. And they're like, it's Moodle exactly art. identical. Yeah, and yeah. you're like, is it where you're like, does it look the same? I'd be like, if I kind of squint my eyes, I can kind of see like some vague it, it looks same, sameish. ish Same-ish. Yeah. But yeah, they're like, they're like these two photos are identical. It's like, oh, okay. Yeah. So basically, long story short.
1: gaslighting. So long story short, they're in the observation lounge and data's like, the ship's alive, basically. And they kind of start bantering around about how this is possible and all of this. And Beverly makes this statement where she goes, "In a way, the ship reproduces using the replicators." And I was like, "Wait, no, wait a minute, no wait a minute. Girl. Here is how I used to always get my bio students with this statement right here. So when it comes to living things, there are several characteristics of living things. So all living things have blah, 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 blah. One of the things that all living one of the characteristics that all living things has is the ability to reproduce. And I would always get my bio students with this because I would give the example of a copy machine. And I would say, well, isn't a copy machine alive? It gets energy. It interacts with the environment. It replicates, you know, and they would be like, oh, my gosh, copy machines are alive. They're totally alive. Oh, my And I'd God. be like, but are they, though? Like, y- use your common sense. Don't, use, 5G, the, don't use the yes. list. And 5G totally caused the pandemic. You're like, oh, okay. Right. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> right? And then they're like, well, okay, we know a copy machine is not alive, but it does meet all the criteria. And I would say, this is why this is kind of a trick question. A copy machine would be considered life if it made copies of copy machines. And that's not what it does. It makes copies of the paper, of whatever the picture is you put on there, the image, the text, whatever. But the copy machine is not making more copy machines. And that's what living things do. They make more of themselves. Mm -hmm. They don't make more of something completely different that has nothing to do with them. Okay, that's not what replication is when we're talking about it in in terms of living things. So in this case, with saying like, oh, the ship's alive because it's reproducing with the replicators, it's not replicating enterprises when you make a cup of tea. It's making mm-hmm. a cup of tea. That's a totally different thing. And even in this episode, yeah. which is what irritates me, is like the bendy straw it creates in the end is not a little enterprise. It's not no. a little anything about the enterprise. It's not, it, there's nothing about Some it that-
2: Stupid square.
0: Yeah, like like te- nothing te- that you could t- even be like- Tetris. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the light bulb in it. Yeah, okay. See, I'm so, with you. I, I thought but, the same thing. I thought the same thing too when Beverly said that because I was like, false. I, like uh, our bodies. Create a lot of different things that we need, right? Like amino acids mm-hmm. and and like red blood cells and, and T cell right. viruses from that one episode, a couple of from Genesis, <laughs> which was viruses. like, that's not correct. Yeah, but it does. Our bodies do make a lot of things in order to facilitate the running of the body, right? So it's like a ship making a cup of tea out of some recycled parts is not that's not Beverly. You're a doctor. <laughs> Not a how am i explaining to you how wrong you are how this yeah. works
1: so in any case data's like well i believe that the ship is becoming a self-determining intelligence which is uh, which is appropriate for data to be the one to discover all this because you know like like attracts like so we're like okay yeah. cool you be <laughs> you be the advocate for another technology that's becoming sentient that works for me and so then he says they're like well what's the deal with the holodeck and one of them is like okay i think it's beverly who's like okay so it's kind of like an imagination That's Mm -hmm. the point of the holodeck. It's where the different parts of this new sentience can kind of play out its ideas and create its self-identity. So then Troy goes, ooh, that sounds like my field of study. I would love to be able to go. uh, Right? I would love to be able to go and like interact with the ship's imagination and like check it out. And Picard's like, okay, just so you know, you could die. But as long as you're cool with that, I'm cool with it. And she's Mm -hmm. like, of course I'm cool with it. That's why I'm on this ship. So Picard very wisely says, this is a new life form. You know, if this is, in fact, a new life form, we want to treat it with the respect that we would any new life form. So we're going to go into this as ambassadors. If you can regain control of the ship, perfect, you know, but try to do it in a way that does not cause harm. And I thought that was really beautiful. Like, a very unnecessary statement. Like, if something's taking over my ship, I'm going Janeway. We're destroying everything until I get the ship back. Um, Saying
2: That, that... That same line too. I was just like, "That's the most Picard thing," and I was like, "I was like, I'm gonna tear up."
0: <laughs> you know, know? You, I'm I'm so with you on that too because I love that it's it's the Picardism that's like, you know, the if this if this is a living thing and it's created some kind of intelligence, it deserves the same respect as any other being. And I was like, "Thank you, Picard," because Cisco would never have done that shit. I'm sorry, he wouldn't. He wouldn't have. have
2: blown it up by now.
0: Morph would mm-hmm. have blown it up and then blown up the
1: remains.
0: Yeah. Like- Jane, we would have
1: blown up the whole ship. Yeah. She would have been like, I don't Her- care if I go down with it, but you're not taking my ship.
0: Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. and she's me are already- going down. Yeah. Jane was already singing Amazing Grace, right? Like waiting for the countdown to happen, right? And <laughs>
1: she's Troi's putting like- everybody on escape pods and she's already yeah. doing the countdown. Y'all got
0: 10 seconds to get out of here. Captain goes down with the ship. Sorry. Bye, everybody. It's been a fun run. Yeah. yeah. I love that Picard's like, let's be more diplomatic about it. So they go back into. The holodeck and Troy's with them now and Troy's poking around with Data and Worf to get some information from the passengers. This is a scene I really really dislike. Like all of it right? Like I, all of this. Like all of this but mm-hmm. I hate this okay. part of the holodeck programming like any holodeck programming where you're trying to get some information out of the holodeck characters and they sort of talk like you're not really there and it's it, it reminds me a lot of that movie iRobot where Will Smith The Will Smith character is speaking to like the hologram of his dead friend, and Mm -hmm. he's trying to solve like how the friend died. And the hologram keeps saying like I cannot answer that question. I cannot answer. It's like then why do you even exist at all? Like I understand, I get that like they're non sentient characters and they're just made out Mm -hmm. of light. But like let's not forget that these bullets are made out of light and they can also kill me. So like you can answer some questions. You can just (laughs) tell me what's going on. Drop
2: me a hint, please.
0: (laughs) Yeah, like can I phone a friend? These characters uh, don't know what's
1: going on yes, because they they're don't. still no. like developing in their sentience. So they don't know what's going on either. And mm-hmm. I think, I don't know if it's here or earlier in Observation Lounge, but they said something like, it's like the ship's an infant. So it's like the ship is like, you know, five years old. So oh, they- it's, a,
0: it's a little bit later from now, but okay. yeah, it's like just yeah. sort of a new, like newly It's contest. so
1: new that they can't articulate what they're even doing because they don't even know. Mm-hmm. What I thought you were going to say was... um, because all of this just annoyed me, all of it. So I thought you were gonna say just like this whole idea that they're just doing things that don't make any sense and don't really matter. So, like, some of them are like doing this puzzle, and the puzzle looks like the bendy straws. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then the monsters like playing cards
0: and the cards are
1: the bendy straws. And you're like, okay.
0: It Again, it feels like that. It feels like a dream sequence where like the flapper keeps like banging her cup up against the knights. Like she, like this uh, armor. Yeah. Knight Mm -hmm. keeps banging it against the, like where the mouth of the knight would be under the armor. And then the, the knight is also cutting one of those little like people chains, like a snowflake chain kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And that's his ticket that the conductor. Like a paper doll. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you're like, what's going on? Like, I don't understand. We do learn that that gold brick needs to get off the train at Keystone city. And Deanna's like, what's at Keystone city. And he's like, that's where everything starts. Of course. It's like, Oh, of course. Okay. okay.
2: <laughs> Duh. Yeah, yeah. Right. Where it's like, why didn't I
0: think of that? But you know, it doesn't matter. Cause they're all kicked off at Keystone city anyway. Cause they still don't have any effing tickets, which I'm like, replicate yourself some tickets before you go in, which they do later. But
1: so like, Wharf oh, and what. data are about to get kicked off because they're, causing shenanigans yeah but the mobster guy is like here's it's keystone city i gotta get out and then troy runs over as they're being as as the other two are being escorted off the train Mm. troy runs over and is like we need to follow that man because i think it's very important like that brick has got to be the most important clue really a gold brick why would i mean okay but is it more important than the cards and the puzzle and any other stupid thing going on is it more important than that Thank corpse you. that's laying over there with the Oshkosh yeah, Is it more swell. important than, <laughs> how do you yeah. know this is more important? Okay, fine, yeah. fine, whatever. Let's all, let's all go taste the golden bricks. So they
0: get oh. off the train and start running through what happens to be the universal backlot, universal studios. Backlot. Girl, I looked it up. I was like, Sharice is going to say it's the universal backlot. I felt sure it was. It was actually, I looked it up. It was actually the paramount New York backlot, which See, that's I... so funny because I looked at, because I saw that and I was like, this looks a lot like universal backlot. And I was like, but, It's shot on
1: Paramount. Like, this should be Paramount. And I was looking. I was like, I recognize the street, though. And I'm like, did they? And then I was like, does Paramount shoot on Universal? And then I was trying to Google the Paramount lot, and I
0: couldn't get to the bottom of it. thank you. I was, I mean, I was at this point. I was stoned at 1030 at night trying to type in really slowly into my computer Does Universal own Paramount? (laughs) And it turns Uh, out it doesn't. But I was like, okay. Well, because I was like- But they do share lots though. They do share lots when they're filming. Yes, because this was all like UPN back in the day, which doesn't exist because it was absorbed by some other like media conglomerate. So I was like, did they buy each other out or something? Because I thought it was Universal as well. I was like, oh, Yeah. Because I like literally recognize that street.
1: However, that would be a common street to have on any back lot because it's just like typical big city street and it can be like changed to be any big city, Chicago, New York, like any metropolis. Yeah. So, anyways, loved it because I I love Universal Studios. So I just love seeing the set, even though it's Paramount. And I have not done Paramount yet. So
0: the Backlot tour is so fun at Universal. I I don't go to Universal often at all. But if I ever go, I go obviously to Harry Potter Land, like to Hogsmeade Village, because it's the coolest thing ever. And then I do the Backlot tour. And then I'm like, I'm good. And then I just go home. I don't need to see or do anything else. (laughs) I don't need to do Transformers. I don't need to do Jurassic Park. I don't care about that. I want to do Backlot tour, because it's like real movie sets. So you're like, Mm -hmm. ooh. And then Harry Potter, because it's Harry Potter. Because Harry yeah, Potter, so, I so do like, everything. They get off the train. Yeah, you totally do. You have like I a whole totally do
1: of it, which is cool. I do. So they're chasing him through what's apparently the Paramount backlot. And Data's like, oh, okay, I found another node that I can yeah. interact with under that's a like manhole under, cover under
0: a manhole cover so okay sure classic which by the way in movies they always lift them up using like one hand those things weigh like hundreds they're so of heavy pounds. yeah they're, they're so heavy They're made that way so they stay down
1: <laughs> right
0: we want them so... to stay put <laughs> you don't want them to get <laughs> stolen so you make it weigh a thousand effing
1: pounds that's how you do that <laughs> so in any case so data's like I'll stay here you guys follow that guy. Go- follow that gold brick because that's that's going to be super important. So they're like, here we go. They come around the corner to some construction site, and it's this brick wall that's missing exactly one brick. Yeah, and like so, seven or eight bricks on the floor, so you know it's still under construction. <laughs> it's like, okay. And for <laughs> some reason, this mobster keeps looking over his shoulder, and for some reason does not see that two people are in fact following him. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> They're just like right behind him.
1: <laughs> yeah, so he's looking like really suspiciously like I hope no one's following me and doesn't see the two people very obviously following him, not trying to hide whatsoever. So they they come around the corner and he's like about to put this brick in and Troy's like what is that and what are you doing? And he's like it's the most important piece whatever. He's I'm laying the foundation. That's what yeah. he's, he's laying Yeah, laying the foundation and he sticks the brick in and then it and like it- it, it makes the sizzle from, sound. It makes this the drunk virus sizzle sound mm-hmm. and it goes from a gold brick to a regular brick. And now the wall is done. And he's like, Well, I've got a train to catch. What was the point of all this? Why did we even do this? Did you have the train so
0: wait for you? Like the I... train is
1: just at the station. Which so, by the
0: way, couldn't which we by the all way, get out at Underground City? subway. Yeah. I was like, yeah.
2: how too bad he couldn't have laid the foundation for a good story. So
0: yeah. you know. <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> Matthew for the win on this week's episode. Oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah, that would would have been endlessly better than what this was. Um, Also, again, this brick needed to be there for this sizzle thing to happen. And then, like, the little baby bendy straws, like, appeared in Cargo Bay 5, like, right when this happened. So, the they were like, oh, it's the final piece. So the ship gave something to itself that it already had in its possession. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, it's giving something to itself. Was that self-awareness? Is that what its gift is to itself? Yeah. But then I was like, okay, because that was me like re-watching right, it where I was right. like trying to connect some cool like metaphysical mm-hmm. dots. But really I was like, oh, it just gave birth to that little baby enterprise that looks nothing like an enterprise. And my research was all in like invertebrate zoology marine ver- invertebrate zoology. So I worked on sea stars and sea cucumbers and their their larvae look nothing like the adult form. They're just like little tiny blobs right. that float around. And then once they eat enough, they settle and then they metamorphose into their mm-hmm. adult form. So it's not just butterflies that do that. There's lots and lots of animals that do that. That's what I thought. I was like, is it an enterprise larva? Because that would be even dumber.
1: <laughs> like It would be dumber, but it would also make more sense for me if they were like, oh, this is like I mean, like I don't know how they could have how they could have possibly known that, right? Like, it's a tiny Enterprise, and the more energy it gets, the bigger the Enterprise gets, and eventually right. it's going to run the whole world. I don't know how they would explain that, but if it was some kind of... It's like,
0: it's like, if it... It just makes right. no sense. You're right, because if it was, like, a scale model of the Enterprise, it's like, are there also teeny tiny crew in there? Or, like, <laughs> right. what's going on, right? Right, does, then, does it have life support? And it's so, why?
2: Alexander just running around. <laughs> <laughs> does
0: oh, yeah, it have to a hydroponics to bay?
1: What- yeah, Right, like, what it is, is it, it? Does it have holodex?
0: It, does it, it need Better
1: If it gets bigger and bigger as it grows,
0: does it just take over the entire ship so it becomes- It would take thick? over the universe. Girl, It'd be like a goldfish
1: like, in the ocean with no predators. It would just like, keep getting bigger.
0: It's like having a tattoo of your face on your face it's like okay <laughs> why why would you do that yeah. like having a picture yeah. of your wallet in yeah. your wallet like why yeah. would you do that yeah. like that's so we- it's you're weird you're right so like yeah. well, i guess i guess a bendy strut.
1: <laughs> <It's> <laughs> true. The things you've ever said a tattoo of your face on yeah. your face <laughs> <laughs> you are here <laughs> yeah. uh, jordy so as this is happening and he's laying the foundation um, at the same time, while Data's trying to like depolarize whatever the F, this taxi keeps trying to like run him down, which I actually thought was pretty funny. Don't ask me why, but I just thought it was funny.
0: It was it was a fun, like kitschy little shot, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Of like Data holding the bumper and oh, the I cab loved driver it. is like, what? do right you yeah. can't figure He's out like, why i can't move the, the car yeah.
2: it like pans over and data's like yeah so like anyway <laughs>
0: yeah like i would say, like, there was a minor problem but i got it yeah <laughs> and the guy's like and he looks so angry in front and i and thought the tires to myself, are absolutely smoking mm-hmm. like absolutely smoking which i love that like they just raised the wheels yeah of the car just enough that they could do like a smoke machine under it but it still looked oh. yeah because it's like the car is on blocks i'm assuming because i was like that's how i would do it i would just raise the back wheels up just a, just a tiny bit and there's so much smoke you can't really tell that the tires are not contacting the ground yeah. but it's only even if it was like an inch if it, if it was a so real good. car sometimes they just
1: use like cars they're all empty on the inside yeah and they just put like whatever they need on the outside yeah but yeah, it, totally. it probably was a real car but it looked amazing and i thought to myself why doesn't the why doesn't the holodeck just send more cars like that's what I thought. I was Thank like, why is just this one taxi like going around the block over and over? Why don't you just send two taxis, three taxis? How about a bus? How about a truck? Yeah.
2: I was first like, first attempt didn't work. I might as well try again.
1: Let yeah, me just let circle me around circle the block. Back. Yeah, let me go around. Yeah, the yeah. Block. and then like yeah, when you miss, why didn't you like hit reverse or something? Like, yeah, there's no other traffic on this street. Yeah, you could just turn around. Like there's whole, there's no street. other cars. Yeah, but rules in any case. That's what I thought was gonna happen when they went back to data. I was like, Oh, it's gonna be like a
0: hundred cars trying to
1: run them down. And Girl, it was he like he would have one lost car. his cabby
0: license, he would have lost that license, and then what how could he have brought him the bacon? So at this moment wife.
1: on the bridge, Jordi's telling Picard that Cargo Bay Five just suddenly depressurized for no reason, but thankfully yep. everyone got out in time because there are no stakes. So Again. Again. yeah, but and there's a containment field all as well. So he's like, you know what? Why don't you take a security team and go check that out? He's like, We'll do. So they go down to check it out guess it's pressurized again guess the containment fields down because they walk right in okay they walk right in
2: yeah good thing it was up
1: (laughs) they're not i mean they do have phasers they got phaser in one hand tricorder in the other that's it that's all we got but i guess everything's fine they walk in and they see the bendy straw creation the node that's not attached to any part of the ship it's just sitting on the floor yeah
0: It's not even, it's not even like on like a little pillar or
1: anything. It's literally just sitting on the floor. It's not even floating in the air, like some kind of cool future. It's just sitting on the floor. Like somebody just dropped their toy on their way out, running out of Cargo Bay 5. (laughs) The
2: prop department was like, uh, how about right there?
1: Yeah. (laughs) And now that I think about it, I'm like, man, they couldn't have put that on something? No, it was just on the carpet. And, um. It couldn't even have been on like a
0: transporter pad. Because, you know, all cargo bays have a transport pad for like cargo. Just the carpet. Yeah, it was, like, just on the concrete floor or whatever you're like. And there was,
1: like, a a pin light inside of it, like, that was
0: just kind of, like, boop, 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 flashing. And the sound it was making was kind of like... Like it was yeah. just, a love, just a bunch of W's, you know? like See, I think they
1: could have done that differently too, because the bendy straw thing could have had colored like LEDs inside that maybe,
0: 100%. maybe strobed
1: in a pattern. You know, I'm thinking like Christmas lights here, maybe it could have done something, but no, they were just like, we're just going to set this on the floor and then we'll just put like a little light in the middle, but the light's going to be CGI, but the rest of the bendy straw is going to be real. So couldn't we just have, <laughs> Hmm. All right. Well, we got this on the floor. So here we go. Now um has data's like depolarizing whatever the f
0: mm-hmm.
1: um everything starts going wrong in the ship yeah and so Jordy's like data stop whatever you're doing because geordie knows immediately that it's data who's responsible
0: <laughs> yeah yeah by the way you know <laughs> i'm of- sorry were the September? cons open the whole time is that how does how he you know any of this doing anything Data might be asleep right now. You don't even know where he is or what he's doing. I mean, like, yes. we know that they're in the holodeck because we know yeah. they're doing something. We but how does that, he know that it's sure, Data is the yeah, one who's doing it? Yeah.
1: So anyway, so that's Data's a, like, that's okay. That's a really good point. I didn't even think of that. I was just like, what are you talking about? How do you even, you know they're in there. You don't know it's Data and you don't know what they're doing. Well, anyways, so Data's like, all right, I'll stop. So he stops. And then suddenly everything goes back to normal. Next thing you know, we're in sickbay because at that moment, like the wall, that brick wall that we were at before, falls down and falls on Troy. It falls on Troy. Yeah. Falls Again, on no Troy. stakes. She's fine. She's totally fine. Also, did you notice there was a? She got scratched re- the exact same way that Picard yeah. did, but yeah, this time yeah. she got scratched from holographic bricks. Yeah, it was put a- <laughs> the
2: safeties off, so watch out.
1: <laughs> so yeah, your skin
0: can get abrased.
1: Turns out, if a whole entire brick wall falls upon you, you just get
0: three cute scratches. Yep, on your yep. cheek or whatever. Here's my question. The brick wall falls away. There is a whole, a whole functioning building door a fun- behind her. A functional with, building. With like gold foil, like like very much like yes. the Times Arrow San Francisco setting. Like yeah. late, it's got an address on it. It's got a whole gold foil address on it. So this is a door or a window that's been covered by a brick wall for some reason. Now they decide that they're like, okay, one, let's get Troy to sick bay because scratches. Two We've all been working at this sort of at different angles. Let's all meet in Sick Bay for some fucking reason and then we'll game plan from there. No observation lounge, no none of that. Let's meet in Sick Bay. So uh Jordy goes out on an intellectual limb here and thinks that maybe, just maybe. These events can be connected to the little thing that just appeared in the cargo bay. And I wrote, Wow, Jordy, welcome to the party, like six <laughs> hours too late. Yeah. Walk you around yeah. the room and fill you in on what we already know. Oh, here's Troy <laughs> taking a wild guess that the engineer could represent the navigational system, yeah. not engineering, which is what they've been calling it for 10 minutes already. I was like, Jordy, I love <laughs> yeah. that Jordy's like, maybe these two things are connected. What?
2: He had a concussive Jordi. blast. <laughs>
1: so there like, it okay, is.
0: so maybe there were some injuries yeah. after all. Yeah. Because <laughs> everybody looks at Jordy like the fuck? And he's like, Oh, I get it. Red means command. I was like, Oh, okay. So you just pick this up for season one, like <laughs> blue colors.
1: Yellow is science. Yeah. Blue is medical. <laughs> However, stellar cartography also wears blue, so it doesn't always track. Yeah. <laughs>
0: So what are we all doing in here, guys? Yeah, I was hey like- guys, what's going on? <laughs> welcome to the party super late. Like we're already wrapping up, the band is already wrapping up all their gear and leaving. Like where have oh, you take been? Take your
1: goodie bag by the door, please. So this is when, <laughs> this is when Troy the starts saying all the so characters stupid. represent different things and Picard's like, well, can we like, you know, diplomat our way out of this? Can we communicate with the parts or something? And Troy's like, mm, I don't think so. This is the part, I guess, where she said it's like a toddler or whatever. She's like, I don't think so. It barely knows what's going on itself. I don't really think we can talk our way out of this. So, Andrea, is this where you want to drop the different characters and what they yeah.
0: mean or whatever? Well, I I don't know what they mean, but like, here's a couple of characters. Matthew, I want to hear from you first on these. Like, we've got the hayseed, we've got some flappers. A gangster who's like I call him sometimes the gangster or the mafioso or like the mm-hmm, mob hitman. Mm-hmm. We've got a gun, a gunslinger, the one who's tied up while they're playing gin, and the knight. So the hayseed you said was maybe the tractor beam because tractors.
2: Yeah, because tractors uh, uh, get her done. <laughs> yeah,
0: I'm sorry. It's like the most simple dad joke explanation, but this whole <laughs> yeah. episode is one big dad joke, and the joke's right. on us. So like I'm cool. With- <laughs> right,
1: right, right.
0: I, I'm cool with that.
2: I also thought maybe for two of them, the gunslinger could have been Fistful of Datas and Mm -hmm. the Flappers, I'm thinking, was either a a Barclay program or like a Riker program.
1: Oh, (laughs) yeah, seriously. So,
0: (laughs) right. So the gunslinger, so I feel like the gunslingers and the the mob hitmen, those were weapon systems maybe or like defensive? I don't know. What do you guys think? Why do we have two? I don't know. I didn't do this exercise. I was just like, Oh, this, I know, but all I this mean, is
1: stupid. No, yeah. I'm like in, even in my mind, I was just like, all of this doesn't make sense. Like from the moment when the mobster shot the engineer, I was already like, well, okay. Like, not like at that point, how did these characters represent anything? Because you just shot one of your key components. Mm-hmm. So was it a component that wasn't really that key, even though it's called also, the engineer and was driving sim- the freaking train? Also
0: symbolically. Was driving the whole story forward, so like you killed
1: him. <laughs> Explains <too>. everything. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's
0: see. I should only have, I should have caught like, that. The only one who seems like intellect and reasoning. Well, Matthew, who do you think, or what do you think is represented by um, the knight?
2: Right. I mean, like you guys guys were saying, you know, there's like the Three Musketeers, or was it like Robin Hood? Um, even then, I think that's too late a period. I yeah. don't know, at least I, or maybe even like too early of a period. He just didn't fit in with any of the programs. There had never been like a night, like I don't the gangster ever makes sense that. because Dixon Hill, the flapper mm-hmm. is because you can be like, oh, Dixon Hill or like.
1: Yeah, you can also throw in Dixon Hill. Mm-hmm. Right.
2: And then yeah. Riker has that like jazz bar.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you where know, he meets right? minuets and France. Well, so my question for you, Matthew, is like what part of the ship's like consciousness is he supposed to represent then? Because I was like a knight who doesn't talk or say anything or barely moves around. What the heck is that supposed to be? Right.
2: And he makes like hydroponics, craft like well, arcs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Maybe maybe he represented the children's classroom. <laughs> like there you I don't go. <laughs> know. Like what part of the ship are you supposed to be?
1: Yeah. yeah. And then ten the, flappers, yeah.
0: Ten the flappers. Just yeah. forward. I know. I'm like, are the flappers? Supposed to be the holodeck because they're fun. I don't know. I was like, "What is all?" Anyway, yeah, it's all stupid.
1: The is <laughs> yeah. And serious. when Troy's trying to break it down and like, well, this could represent this, and this could also represent this. Okay, but what are we doing with this information?
0: Yeah, how's like, this helping
1: us? What difference does it make if well, the conductor represents
0: the navigation? What is it, who? What what difference does it? Here's make? here's what I love. They're like, you know, what has not worked going to the holodeck two times but you know what might work if we go in three times <laughs> yeah it might work for us thank you so, so they go back but now they've got tickets now they've
1: got tickets <laughs> which i thought was really funny and smart thank so you wharf wharf troy and data walk in and immediately the conductor's like didn't i kick you fellas off 12 times already you got no tickets and you can't ride and then yeah. wharf is like here are three tickets to vertiform city which how did they you know, it doesn't even matter. So it can not matter three, who, girl. Piece of paper. Because I'm like, do they even need to be tickets of any kind? Because yeah. the conductor what? punched those paper dolls earlier. So yeah, couldn't yeah. you just like literally give them like a receipt? Anything? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so he's like, well, there you go. You got your three tickets. Welcome aboard. Have a seat. Do you want a snack? Like he's all accommodating now <laughs> that they have tickets. Okay. <laughs> so they're heading to Brutiform <laughs> City.
2: The train's it's only
1: one the- car. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. the same
0: car over and over again. What it's kind of train cars. is this? A train the smallest, is a, dumbest train, the, the, a train <laughs> in the history of I trains. Feel by definition is a railed vehicle that's got a driving component and multiple carriages to carry a lot of people. Because otherwise, what would be the point of a train if you can only have one car that carries like six people? That's yeah, that's a shuttle bus. Yeah. At yeah. So they're basically yeah. on the super <laughs>
1: like shuttle, minivan. but in the holodeck and <laughs> on the train, on the tracks. And um, okay, fine, whatever. So Troy's like, so this is what Picard had suggested before they went back in. He said, okay, we've tried like antagonizing them. Yeah. Let's try working with them and see if we get some different results. So Troy's like, is there anything that we can do to help? Um, since the the conductor's like, oh, we're running low on power. We don't know if we're going to make it. And so he's like, yeah, we could use a, a really you know strong pair of hands to help us with the power levels. And so Worf is like, all right, I'll go. And so he goes to shovel coal in the boiler room and all i (laughs) thought was all all i wrote was i wrote i hope he doesn't get his baldric dirty that's what i put (laughs) in my notes because i was like that's all nice and shiny and like to get all dirty with coal like Y'all should have shot the engineer if this is what you wanted. Yeah. This is, sounds like yeah. a you problem. Yeah. This sounds yeah. if the mobster was the one who's like, like, I'm in charge here. He, guess what, buddy? You got to be the pal. one shoveling. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you killed him. You're out here
0: babysitting a gold brick. Right. You killed the guy who was shoveling, so you take over the shoveling. Also, <laughs> how closely was he babysitting that? Because when he was playing gin with the tied up gunslinger, he just had the brick laying on the table out in the open where Troy put her hand on it. How carefully well, were you really? Guarding he didn't have a thing.
1: convenient front pocket to slide it into. And that like, was the problem. Or like
0: a briefcase that he could handcuff to his wrist or, or something. Or like a fanny yeah, pack. There was nothing. <laughs> yeah, he just could only nothing, hold it in his yeah. hand. Girl, gangster fanny packs are really high commodity and it's yeah. they're hard to find. He so, could have yeah, even hit it in the head. He could have put it, well, that. Probably would have weighed a lot. But yes, you're right. He had like a fedora on. Anywhere but the table. It could, yeah, just like right out in the open where just like any old knight could swipe it. Like, okay. <laughs> um, Also, I did love that the conductor was like, put your back into it. That's the ticket. And then he was all excited that he made a ticket pun. And Worf just stopped shoveling and looks at him. We can't even see Worf's face. And we know how irritated yes. he is. Oh, yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah, that was this-
0: excellent physical acting. That was so yeah. And this
1: is another thing that's super irritating to me just in general in life is when, um, you know, like Worf is sitting there shoveling and the conductor is overseeing, cheerleading. What are you doing? What are you adding to this picture? Either you pick up a shovel or you step out of this room. You pick A or pick B, but you're not going to be standing here watching me shovel. I and felt cheering like, me on. I felt like Worf was about to
0: like replicate a liar and smash it across that conductor. <laughs> I head. am not a merry man. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for so knowing where I was going. Yes. I know exactly where you're going with
1: that. <laughs> so suddenly, Warp Power comes back on after after Worf shovels like two or three scoops of coal. Warp Power is restored to the Enterprise. So I thought, okay, cool. So he's done. It only took three shovels. That was easy. But for some reason, he had to keep shoveling. So I was like, which okay, is, now this makes is no like sense. Which is like,
0: again, the, the ship inside- is giving power to the ship? Yes. The power... Okay, thank you. The mm-hmm. ship is shoveling imaginary coal to fix the warp engine so they could turn on that the ship did to itself. Okay. Yeah. I'm so... I. It's
2: a space placebo at that point. Like, <laughs>
0: <laughs> like I mean... This whole but- episode
1: is yes. a space placebo, Yeah. yeah. It's, yeah, it's just so I mean,
2: eventually they're like, oh, the Verdeon particles, and they're like, okay, then ne- there's, there's something, like, tangible. But, yeah, you're right. They're just shoveling holographic light, and the ship's like, yes!
1: <laughs> yeah, and the ship's like, now I can work, because now yeah. I have this coal in the holodeck. Yeah. So, warp 9. 9. Exactly. Warp power's back on, and they're on course to some dwarf star. And this is when Riker and Picard kind of puzzle out what's been going on. And they're like, oh, Vertiform City, that must be talking about the the Verdeon particles that are found only in this special, you know, star. And so once they get there, the ship modifies some kind of tractor beam and starts pulling in the particles or whatever. And um, then Geordi says that down in Cargo Bay 5... There are, he's noticing some power fluctuations inside the bendy straw node. And it's like, oh, it's starting to like absorb these particles or something. And it's like starting to put out input. And it's starting to have like signs of organic life just from yes. this, this energy coming in. Yeah. And then suddenly the particles run out and it stops. And the conductor back on the train freaks out and is like, something's wrong. Something's wrong. This was supposed to be Vertiform City, but it's not here. And he pulls on what I guess is the emergency brake, which derails the entire train and like nearly breaks the ship, so yeah. What? That was yeah. my that was my response to this. I was like, "What? Yeah.
2: Come on, ship, <laughs> put it together, get it together."
0: <laughs> so it looks Just like a, now, at from this, this point, pool, I've already given up. I'm like, I don't even. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, doesn't matter.
2: mean, At- sure. Dwarf land, yeah. sure. What uh, so- yes. <laughs> about that survey, guys? And that uh, that uh, what was it? The theta, the- thexa, theta, Virtex. flux
0: particles. Yeah, yeah we, we almost we died. Figuring out- <laughs> yeah, here's <laughs> here was something here was something that I did that I did actually pick up on that I thought was like kind of a cute little like double entendre where Troy is asking the Hayseed, like tell me everything you know about Vertiform City and he's like oh. There's this, he's like, it's cool. There's this one restaurant that you can, or there's this one place that you can eat all you want anytime. It's got the best food around. And I was like, oh, he's describing 10 forward. That's totally yes. what 10 forward is. Yes. But and also he's describing every star. single room in the enterprise. Yeah. They all can eat whatever they want anytime they want. Right. Whatever they want. But I just thought, oh, there's one restaurant that you can eat at. And I was like, oh yeah, 10 forward is the only restaurant that we know of, which I was like, that seems like poor planning, honestly, but whatever. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. But then also I was like, wait, wait, wait. I think it's what's more likely is that it's talking about the the binary star that's giving it the like Verdeon particles cuz like the ship is like consuming that. So I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, I guess so, but my thing was like you can eat whatever you want at any time you want. Like
1: well, I so that, still don't understand is, what
0: this means. This is this is why I think it's not describing ten forward. It, I don't think it's describing ten forward because She says, "Tell me everything you know about Vertion." See, this is annoying because it's like Vertiform and then Vertion, yeah. Because again, it's all freaking. It can't speak straight or like communicate directly. But Vertion particles are what it needs to consume. Mm -hmm. The ship is not describing itself; it's describing Vertiform City, which is not the ship. It's Mm -hmm. the destination that the ship's trying to get to. So that's why I thought it was. The, the binary star like right particles. no i think you're
1: i think you're right that is oh, okay, what it's looking yeah. for it's okay, looking at the particles but i'm yeah. just saying like it's not going to go and eat the particles forever and ever and ever it's not a particle fountain out in space no, they're yeah. like going to go to the star they're going to drain every little bit of these particles out and then the particles will be gone so it's not this endless eat whatever you want however long you want thing but i guess what they're saying is that once it gets charged up with enough particles then it'll have an internal ability to create food, kind of like a plant or something like that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Any case, the the conductor's freaked out. He hits the emergency brake. All the the systems on the entire ship go down, and the ship is like, "Oh no, we need to find a new a new place." So they decide to go to New Vertiform City. They find another star, but this star is like twelve hours away. They head off in that direction and warp nine. Unfortunately, because all the systems are down, life support is going to fail in two hours but they'll get to this new start in 12 hours. So now they're like, oh shoot, we have to find a way to negotiate with the ship to find some other source of Verdion particles so that we don't all suffocate to death on this ship. So they kind of puzzle about it on the bridge and Picard and Geordi come up with this plan to go to a nearby nebula where they can like, modify a torpedo, explode in the nebula. It'll create a bunch of artificial Verdeon particles, which artificial or legitimate, it doesn't really matter. They just need these particles to do whatever they're trying to do. So they do that and data goes down to convince the conductor. So Worf is gone now. The mobster is back. We don't know why. Mm. <laughs> and data goes down there to like convince them that he can take them on a shortcut to new vertiform city. And the conductor with very little effort believes him completely. Yeah, and he's is like, like go oh, for it. All right. Yep. Sounds good. So then Data starts, Data's like, comes over and he's like, Picard, we're good. Like, take us there. We're good. And he starts just pulling knobs and pushing things because suddenly Data knows how to run a steam engine.
0: How would he ever get this knowledge in any universe? Which is also linked to an incredibly complex computer system flying a spaceship.
1: (laughs) Yeah. But he knows, but he knows if I pull this and turn that, it's going to make the ship go impulse power. Yeah. Which I was like, how, how are you supposed to know that? How would he know that? And Data knows a lot of things, but this make no effing sense Mm -hmm. so whatever data knows how to work it for some strange reason everyone's on board with this plan and they go and they start the ship immediately starts sucking up these new particles back in cargo bay um this the bendy straw thing node is starting to absorb all the particles and it's getting more and more energy and it's super excited and it starts floating up into the air, and then it floats so high that it goes right
0: through the bulkhead, because I guess it can also pass through bulkheads now. Thank you. This is, this is what I said. I was like, the little ball of light that pr- impregnated Deanna ag- yeah. against her consent or, or knowledge, which I'm just shaking my head in disgust at, that was just a ball of light, so it could pass through because it had no physical matter. Right. This bendy straw thing does. So that's why I was like, oh, now all of a sudden you can just go through the skin of the ship? like. What in the hell? And it'd be different if it
1: transported itself. Because I'd be like, okay, it was yes. made from transport or something, mm. something. And maybe it has transported technology something, something. But no, it just floats up so high that it floats through the ship out into space. And it also has, you know, propulsion in space. So it can also just fly itself in space. It also yeah. apparently doesn't need oxygen. It also doesn't mind the vacuum of space, nor does it mind being cold. It doesn't freeze, but it's perfectly suited to live in space and fly covering- in space.
0: I'm and, just covering
1: yeah. my face with my hands, yeah. and it's also sentient, so yeah. it's making choices to do whatever it's doing now. So that's the
2: what happens. The galaxy aimlessly,
0: Sure, and alone <laughs> yeah. and right. completely isolated. Yeah. Right, that's what exactly. I, thought. I was like. I was like, why don't you find those little like space whaley slug things that were like feeding off the Enterprise? Yeah, you mm-hmm. know that like oh. Lea Brahms and Jordy had to figure. Out? I was like, maybe I feel like because they're loners, or find the Tin Man. Like, find some or make and or make little... two little space babies, something, or something. I don't know. Yeah, start Hmm. an island of misfit toys because you don't, you're just, and you're in this nebula that has been altered so that it creates Verdeon particles, but for how long, who knows? Like, you're just going to wander around a nebula alone? I don't yeah, know. So yeah. So it's not
1: making a lot of sense if if, if any of it did, which uh, none of it did. No. And then we go back to the holodeck where everyone's celebrating getting to New Vertiform City. They haven't gotten off the train, but they're all having champagne. And then the program suddenly ends. But for some reason, the Here champagne glasses are still there. There it is. And I was like, you can't see my face, but my face
0: is very stumped at this. In my notes, I wrote, and right about now, Charisse is going to rant about how everything in the holodeck disappeared except the glasses of champagne that Deanna, Worf, and Troy were holding. And she would be right. <laughs> That's yeah. I was like, so is the program
1: off or not? What's going on? Did we bring our own glasses today? Is that what happened? <laughs> we brought in the champagne. We didn't bring in any weapons or protection, but we brought in glasses we for champagne. In some
0: champers just for the funsies. So,
1: okay, so in the next scene, we're in the ready room, and it's kind of like all's well that ends well, right? <laughs> it's like Picard's like, yeah, all the sentient all the organism, nodes are gone. The nodes are gone. The sentient organism's gone. The ship's back to normal. Everything's great. And Data comes in and invites Picard to come see the rest of the Tempest or whatever. And they're chit-chatting about what happened. And Data's just like, you know, I'm really surprised that you let that life form create itself mm-hmm. and that you let it roam the galaxy free like you didn't try to stop it and Picard gives this really philosophical answer about thank you it's an amalgamation of us and it represents us and my god it's gonna be good and blah blah okay so my mind I have problems with that but the other thing I had problems
0: with is I was like what do you mean he let he had no choice thank you I wrote, no choice. I wrote, you allowed the ship to do its thing the same way I allow the seasons to change. Okay? Like, I have no choice in this matter.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Permission granted.
0: I have no choice in this whatsoever. Everybody you were was just about- lucky that you could reroute it to that nebula. Everybody was about to die. He didn't let anything, anything. No. I actually wrote, let's not get too philosophical about this whole thing, Picard. Like, Data is being you were held extremely hostage. generous by saying, mm-hmm. like, you, you let this happen. Happen. um no yeah that's I what i was like sunset like okay your,
1: your whole the whole ship would have been dead in two hours yeah. and you had no way to stop it no way to stop it even if you shot a phaser at that little life form ship would have just killed you faster
0: yeah the like, ship would have fired a, a laser beam like squid games like out of a wall panel that you didn't even know was there
2: <laughs> it replicates it
0: the worst game of red light green light ever oh yeah so anxiety it's, producing right <laughs> right so I was like
1: yeah so Picard didn't really allow anything because he wasn't able to stop anything and then all of his like you know, if our actions were noble, then the sum of its parts will also be noble. And I was like, yeah, but we know from actual reality that when AI programs are trained on humanity in social media, it comes out evil and murderous. Yep. And I was like, and guess what, Enterprise? You're no different. How did you treat the Borg? How did you treat, like, all mm-hmm. this? All these mm-hmm. conflicts that you've been in are also part of this. Even though you felt it was an honorable, noble conflict, some other type of sentience may not see it from your exact perspective so you think so thinking you're noble doesn't make you noble like objectively
0: yeah and i think it's we're being very utopic about the whole thing right where yeah. it's like mm-hmm. if our experiences with the enterprise have been honorable wouldn't it be fair to expect that some of those experiences would be the same card what <laughs> are you talking about go to bed
2: with your shoes on
0: <laughs> <laughs> and your visor and, all yeah. and everything on, put a wig on and go to bed. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you need a snack and a nap because all this I let the ship do this, that, and, yeah. and data's like that. That new being could have been dangerous, it could still be dangerous, yeah, it could. But do you think that no matter what we do and buttons we push, that the enterprise as a ship is going to fire on its own little bendy straw baby? It will not. It- no, suddenly <laughs> those
1: nodes will magically be back, mm-hmm. and you'll yeah. be jumping in warp nine point nine in the opposite direction. Yes, while you Bendy sure Straw gets away.
0: Yep, it's, you it's, sure will.
2: It's like the episode uh, I blanking on the name where the the husband who's like a a godly being cur- creates the planet oh, with his yes. like wife, you know, and like mm-hmm. they're literally at his mercy. Because he's like the survivors. Oh
0: the survivors. Yeah. Is that what yeah. it's called? That's oh, what it's mm-hmm.
1: called. Yeah. Love it was Kevin episode. and Rashawn. Yeah. Yeah. And it's oh, like right. it's like you let Kevin, you go, you don't let Kevin. Yeah. Kevin's gonna do what Kevin's gonna do. Yeah. If he wants to restart this planet a thousand times, yeah. if he wants to destroy your ship with a thought Kevin it, is more Q than Q is.
2: Right. I was thinking the same thing when I watched that episode. I was like, Q who get it? Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: I see what you did there.
1: Yeah. Yay.
0: <laughs> I know. Actually, there was there was a discussion i think amongst of several of us like off mic maybe was it Sharice that we were like who do you think would win in a battle q or um what whatever his name was i kevin. forgot kevin thank you like q or kevin and i think the general consensus was kevin because like mm-hmm. he wiped out an entire race an with entire thought yeah he would thought, smoke right? q plus right. the other thing
1: is kevin has like morals scruples yes. like he has you know but he has that by choice Yes. And Q
0: does not have that for, by capacity. Yeah. Thank you. Q is like a an eighth grade bully. He's yeah. the top of a food chain that seems really big at the time, but then you put in this like creature, Kevin, who is older than time itself. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> like, prepare to be stomped, my friend.
2: <laughs>
0: like there's no, there's no comparing. But yeah, you're absolutely right. Like nothing was let.
2: Right yeah. right, yeah.
0: Such a dumb idea. So we and let yeah. Kevin
2: off the hook. <laughs> like, no, you yeah. didn't. And
0: then also, like, what That's is so right? What is
1: the moral of the story in this episode supposed to be exactly? What, what, what? And the stakes were so. so the stakes were sort of there at the very end when the ship's going to be destroyed in two hours if we don't find another sur- source of particles. But oh look, we found another source. Oh yeah. yeah. Do you think you can make it? I don't know. I've never done it before. Oh yeah, it works. It's like there's no, there are no stakes. There's no drama. I think. This would have been better if the sentience took over the ship and was running it into a dangerous course. Like, into, there's an episode of Voyager like this where there is a sentient ship. The ship is run with like neural gel packs or whatever, and so it's like the the gel packs that run the ship that become sentient or whatever. Yeah. And so when a pilot gets into the ship, it like syncs with their brain to run mm. the ship, but it also kind of like gets in their thoughts to where it's communicating with them when they're not in the ship. And it has this like desire to go to this um, like plasma fountain because it thinks it's going to get energy or who knows what, but the plasma fountain will destroy the ship, but it's like obsessed with it. So it takes the pilot like to the brink of destruction and they kind of save him in the last second. Mm. That was a really good episode and so exciting. And I think if they would have done something like this, where the ship is taken over and immediately put into peril, because of the sentience, yeah. not because they were like looking at a star being born and now they can't back up and they're going to be exploded if they don't, because we've done that. But if yeah. they did something where it like took the ship to a really dangerous place and they were being pulled into something or... Like even that quantum filament or something. Yeah, <laughs> something, something where they're being pulled in and they have to communicate with the ship before it's too late, but mm-hmm. the ship doesn't know how to communicate back and they have to come up with some kind of, I mean, I guess they've done that too. But I don't know what, about this could have made this better. But just the way the way they did, it, I did not love. But I will say that for this episode, and I know we want to come back to Matthew for his final thoughts, but mine was like, if this episode was in season one, I think I would have liked it. Yes. Even if it was in season two, I think I would have liked it. I would have been like, oh, I love that Vertiform episode. But in season seven, you should be
0: ashamed. <laughs>
1: you should be ashamed <laughs> to
0: put that here. Yeah. How dare you, basically. <laughs> I, I agree. Um, Matthew, you're our guest. What what are your final thoughts on this on this episode? <laughs> I doubt they're totally different from your initial thoughts, but hey, you could always surprise us and be like I loved it.
2: <laughs> right. Oh, uh, it was joyous. I mean, again, <laughs> like 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 you said if it was a season 1 or 2 and, you know, it was like the middle of the season, great. But it's like 3 episodes away from like the finale and we're like no. we're like, "Oh, here's a stupid square." <laughs> uh, but my takeaway yeah. from it was like Why hasn't Starfleet designed the sensors to pick up theta flux distortion?
0: You're like, again, I'm not, we're going to keep coming back to this until we solve this. And
2: the comms, like if there's an issue with the comms and the transporters and the sensors, Starfleet's got to get their act together.
0: They really do. There's a, there are a lot of things that I feel like are, are key takeaways for the next enterprise crew, like professional development. One All of your systems are supposed to be linked anyway. You should have the ability to override them, but it shouldn't be a surprise seven years after flying the ship around every corner of space that to learn that they're linked now. Um, Two, this is an aside that I did not bring up, but in Keystone city, when data is trying to open up that manhole cover and like depolarize the, that little note or whatever, Deanna initially goes off to follow the like hitman on her own and Worf stays with data. Why? Data is so much bigger and stronger than you, Worf. He does not need you. And we already know that the safeties are off the holodeck. So Troy could get shot at any second. You just let her follow, like, not let her, but like, you just let her leave alone. Yeah. And follow this dangerous hitman who already murdered one person <laughs> on the program like troy i'm sure you got this. 10 minutes ago you you got you got a uniform on with your commander's pips on like you got this go ahead sir like (laughs) i mean he did he he ended up catching up with her and then they both kind of confronted the hitman but i was like wharf again why are you protecting data from what like what's data scared of it's yeah,
2: the, it's the typical enterprise like security fleet. You know, they're just like, let's go over there and protect absolutely nothing.
0: They're the worst. I've <laughs> never seen got, such like, bad security them,
2: I in
1: mean. my mean. <laughs> like, if you want to be completely unsafe, hire a squadron of Starfleet security officers. <laughs> yes. Yeah.
0: Also, I feel like the Academy and other smaller ships are all clamoring for their big chance to get on the Enterprise. It's not like there's a shortage of labor. You know what I mean? It's not like well, nobody wants to work anymore. Right. Everybody wants this role, and you just consistently keep one of the most incompetent yeah of security running this <laughs> show.
1: Consistently bringing their C game, yeah, yeah. blasting holes through
0: view screens yeah. like People having two dying. guys having
1: two guys guard someone who has like super strength or like mind right. control abilities or whatever. He's like, oh, uh, uh. no <laughs> force fields, no force fields. The guy just walks out, pushes them over, they fall. Did <laughs> yeah, we need those two guys? No, they didn't even need to be there. You could just have him make a pinky promise that he would stay in his room. We didn't need any guards outside of that room.
0: No, nothing. Nothing even. Yeah. Starfleet. Get it together.
2: Starfleet. What the fuck, man?
0: (laughs) Yeah. Serious. 100%. We need like a Starfleet professional development seminar like day. We'll break for lunch. You know, and all that. Everybody gets a little swag back at the end of the day and like a free treat, like a nice cold, like Romulan ale or whatever. But honestly, we've got some work to do. We've got some serious work to do.
2: They could ha- hold, like, a conference on Riza. That shit writes itself.
0: Right there. Right there. <laughs> right right there. <laughs> yeah. And it's the perfect write-off. It's the perfect write-off. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I don't understand. I will say this. Actually, before I say anything, Matthew, do you have any further final thoughts on this?
2: Yeah. You know, um, as we were talking about it and as I was thinking more about it, you know, the imagery and all, it's kind of... Like a throwaway Twilight Zone episode. It's yeah. like it's like three or it's like three and a half episodes worth of like characters and and ideas all thrown together. But the story just doesn't have the hook that, like, you know, there's something on the wing. This is just like there's something on the floor this is over like, there.
1: We're just we're taking a flight from New York to LA. That's yeah, the whole story. Yeah, yeah, And all along the way, we don't even have turbulence. That's yeah, it. Yeah. And the, the worst thing that happens work. we ran out of peanuts halfway through. So <laughs> yeah. But we have more peanuts waiting as soon as we land. And that's yeah. the story. And you're like, well, okay.
2: And they landed happily ever after. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Peanuts Pean- for everyone. I mean, I totally get it. I I see I see so much of what you're saying there, Matthew. We're like. I feel like when you're writing a show and because I've been doing lots of like deep dives on like background information for for the episodes, I consistently read that there were all these ideas that like the writers were like, this is a really awesome idea, but it's not going to quite fit in this week's episode. So it got left on the cutting room floor. So I feel like this was like that Friday Back in our childhood, where like mom came home from work, she's exhausted. She just took all the leftovers from the week and just made leftover casserole. And and it's just like all the leftovers in one dish that like doesn't taste good. And you're like, Uh, oh, like it's everything that they couldn't Mm -hmm. quite fit in the right places, and all the cutting room floor clippings got stitched together into this. Like
2: less is more. Less is more. Some less
0: is more. Some of
2: the best episodes, it's just them like talking face to face in like a single room. Mo- yes. like mostly you know and this this is like and then this episode you're like okay where are we going
1: <laughs> yeah i think you're, it's you're the right. episodes when we have like character development when we have mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. um you know someone someone's processing grief because they had a loss and they don't know how to deal with people or you know someone's you know data's coming to terms with like what it means to be human or mm whatever some kind of revelation that makes a person change throughout the story because that's another you know good mark of a story is to see that the characters transform in some way yeah that's also something we don't have here because the character that transforms is the ship but the ship mm-hmm. is represented by like 12 different characters none of which go together or matter yeah because you could shoot one and it's still fine yeah so even in that it'd be it'd be more interesting if if you know going back to that um episode the child when when troy was impregnated by the ball of light if they had a little kid that represented the sentience of the ship. That'd be super interesting. Yes. We have some little kid running around and we're like, who's this kid? Whose kid is this? And it's actually the ship. It's the ship's growing consciousness. Mm-hmm. You're like, what the heck? Like, As represented be... by a small child. Yes. yes. Right? Represented by one figure that we can focus our attention on and see the transformation of that one character... From beginning to end, yeah, and send it off on its journey. And then we'd have this nice little catharsis at the end of like, oh, there goes little Jimmy off into the world, versus being like, How did that bendy straw get through the hole?
2: Yeah. Yeah. We know (laughs) how did that happen? Was there a window somewhere? We left the episode knowing as much as we did when we like entered it.
0: Yeah, absolutely right. Like, like, all right. That's a that is an awesome observation. I didn't even think of. Yeah, you're right. Like we came away with absolutely nothing else
2: and we're three episodes away from the series
0: there's there's this week there's preemptive strike and then that's it the series Uh finale is a two-parter so it's like we're we're at the like whatever the episode that's next to the penultimate episode is called Mm -hmm. it's like this is what you want to end on. i will say you know usually when characters start an episode like acting out a play um there's always some tie into like the theme of that episode like the play itself yeah Yeah. the play itself right Mm -hmm. or the character or some dialogue that they're like oh remember we brought this up like at the top of the episode it's the tempest right um Mm. and data is performing as prospero and picard is like what's your like story though like how do you dig deep and the whole thing that they talk about at the top of the episode is like Prospero was kind of grieving in this scene in the Tempest because this is his one final act of creativity before his life was over. And so in a more meta sense, like this episode was like allowing the Enterprise to have like one final act of creativity before you bring the curtain down. And I was like, I love that as an idea, but the execution was so poorly done. So I guess my final thoughts on this were like, mixed in some ways, like mixed, but not super mixed. Like most of this episode was just ridiculous and so stupid. Right. But I think other parts, they really tried to have some like nice little philosophical touches about it, about like things being near the end or like a final burst of creativity before life is over or before like a chapter closes. And I'm like, I see where you guys were going and you just felt really, really short. It was just very messy.
1: Wow, I did not see that at all, and I actually like the tempest, but I couldn't totally remember remember how it went, and I didn't have the patience to look that up either, especially not for this episode. Yeah, so I was just kind of like, mm. like I figured there was some connection to something, but I didn't didn't stress myself out about it. So I appreciate you doing that legwork to connect the dots because I did not connect those dots, and I don't know if. If it was connected well enough in the episode for like a lay person I mean, to be I mean, like, ah, I may I may that have just goes been with that. I mean I may have been reaching. I totally No, no, like I think you learn. weren't because at the end he talks about the scene that he picked from The Tempest. Mm-hmm. And Picard's like, Oh, it's the scene where they're learning about humanity or whatever he said. And he's yeah. like, Oh, it's so it's so fitting because of blah blah blah. So Picard wrapped it up at the end by saying the play directly connects with whatever this episode was supposed to be about. <laughs>
2: whatever appreciate- the hell happened. <laughs> right,
1: right. So I appreciate you laying out like those connections and And, you know, it's so funny when the episode started and I heard data saying all this like Shakespearean stuff, I immediately tuned out because Mm. Shakespeare is so challenging for me to listen to. And I'm a big audiobook person, but I have to actually be visibly visually looking at the Mm. words that are being Mm. said so I can break them down and then translate them. Yes. Otherwise, I don't know what's going on. And it's funny. I'm with you. A few weeks ago, a friend of mine invited me and some some other friends to see a, a Shakespeare play. And I assumed it was like modernized, but it was not. Oh, and so they did the whole painful. thing in Shakespeare in English. And my eyes were glazed over that whole time because, I mean, from context clues, I could tell that these two people like each other. And then they got married <laughs> in the end. So that was right. But for most of the time, I was like, is he a bad guy or a good guy? Yeah. Now he seems like a bad. Oh, no, nope, I guess he's a good guy. Yeah. What is he? What, it, what about her? Is she a good guy or a yeah. bad guy? Like I could not tell. And it had the nerve to be a comedy. So I was like, so they're <laughs> laughing, so clearly they
0: said something funny, but I couldn't tell you what it's it was. Like, it's like if I did like a foreign exchange program in like Hong Kong and went to a play, yes. and it was all in a whole different language, and everybody's yeah. laughing at the correct cues, and I'm just going, oh, <laughs> okay. Like, it was you you know, exactly <laughs> like that. It was exactly it's like really that, but had the rough. nerve to be in English. So I was like, <laughs>
1: these words I understand, this order I totally don't understand at all, Um, so yeah, when it first opened, I was like, I hope this is very short. And then at the end, when he invited Picard back, I was like, I hope we don't have to see that. Uh, (laughs) I'm already confused with everything else going on in this episode.
0: Let's not add on. Let's not add Shakespeare. Shakespeare. Let's not do that. At at what point has adding Shakespeare into the equation ever clarified anything further?
2: (laughs) Well, I I would say how Data looked in the beginning. If he had just stayed that way through the whole episode, (laughs) (laughs) that would have been pretty
1: great. It would have been better with home. the Orient Express. Right. Just Dana walking on like, huh? He what? wouldn't have even needed a ticket. The conductor yeah. would have been like, yep, that track, you yeah, exactly. one of us. You fit. You're just one like of us. us. Yeah, one exactly. of us. I didn't
2: even think about that. Exactly. He right. would have a character.
1: Touch whatever you want to touch, buddy. Yeah, open depolar- all the panels depolarize all of the things all of the yeah. Depolarize, repolarize do have one this, one. Depolarize. <laughs> this yeah. is a luxury trip of your life young. Man. yeah yeah
0: <laughs> i will say this when the episode first opened and it's data had that mm-hmm. wig and everything and it was so dark the first like three seconds before i realized it was data i thought it was klingon shit again because you know they always have like big really wild hair <laughs> i was like not more klingon shit and now i would kill now you wish it was klingon, klingon stuff, stuff huh <laughs> For it to be firstborn all over again, I would have been so cool with where I'm like, okay, we're doing Klingon stuff and it's meaningful and impactful and like not grating to watch. But this... (laughs) I know.
1: And the the worst part for me is that there are probably people who are like, oh my, I can't wait to hear like them tear down this episode because I love this episode. (laughs) They're going to be disappointed <laughs> when you, when you message us, when you DM us, when you email us, we, we read absolutely every single word. We absolutely so do. We hear you when you message us and you're like, Oh man, we can't, I can't wait to you tear down this episode. Cause it's one of my favorites. So this is one of your favorites. Let us know why. Cause we missed it. Like whatever the reason is we missed it. So let us know, yep. send us an email to info at the TNG and let us know what we missed so that we can Thank enjoy you.
0: this episode the way you enjoy this episode.
2: And be nice to me. I'm just a guest. <laughs> yeah, don't come you, for me, please. <laughs> you know,
0: we've never ever had anybody say anything negative about any of our guests. Correct. Um, and with Caprice, they've all been great. So they, well, because they've they've all been awesome. Like every one of our guests have been awesome, and you're included in that. And also oh, thank you guys. I think, I think if anybody did write to say anything negative about a guest, I I am not that nice. I would roll up my sleeves and be like, excuse me. Do you know how hard it is to talk on mic, on cue, like with pressure and it's being recorded and it's all that? Don't sit here and complain about our guests. If you don't like it, skip the episode or or, or skip our show. Also, right. fuck off. Like, right. why yeah. why do you think you're going to? Yeah, no, yeah. no. I, I would very staunchly defend. But we're really,
1: yeah, we're really lucky. All of our listeners lucky. are fantastic and we don't have. Yeah, we don't have negative like people just coming in to just come for people. So no. you got nothing to worry about, Matthew. You're I, I th- good.
2: I think you know you guys attract an audience that will a loves TNG, but also you guys are like brilliant. Oh, you know? and but you're also like very kind and you know wise people. So I, I I think you attract that audience that is just like you know they like reciprocate that. So like you're not going to get like a male rights activist you know yeah, being like not yet yeah beverly couldn't <laughs> be a commander like yeah, um, yeah uh, she could <laughs> like, yeah. <It> is. <laughs> yeah
0: wow well thank you for your kind words because i usually just feel like a ranting nincompoop when oh, i'm no. when i'm recording oh so, no so i feel wonderful but when i get off the
1: episode i'm like wow that's like so harsh like in my normal life like andrea said earlier where she was like in my normal life i'm not this sarcastic or whatever in my normal life i'm not super judgmental um, no. But on this show, I am super judgmental and it feels really good. It's like d Like I get to play a different character <laughs> that I'm not in my regular life because it's so it would be so destructive and toxic for relationships. I would never be that yeah. way. But on the show for this kind of a thing, I can be as
0: like rude and mean and like yeah. whatever like, judgmental I like as I want not, because I, don't, it's I feel like you're not personal. even though you you don't even come across that way not to me though but you know like I always feel like I come across like this super shrill a-hole which I'm which I'm sure I come across as but I also lean into that because you know that's it's the fun part but I mean honestly you, you're right in real life even if we met like whoever wrote Aquiel we'd be like wow that's so cool tell us more about that Oh, for, would've, sure. Would've, for sure for sure we we'd be like you like, wrote an episode of thinking? TNG yeah. that's so cool like we oh, would absolutely yeah. do it. even for the people who wrote The Neutral Zone
1: which that episode is hot garbage terrible. yeah. <laughs> but like fans wrote it how cool is that mm-hmm. like the even if I wrote happened, an episode yeah. of the show and the show was total trash but I wrote that piece I you better so believe proud. I'd be telling everybody yep worst, the the, I, worst I worst wrote the worst thing on my resume I'd be telling people I wrote the worst episode of TNG that was me <laughs> I, I beat did up. that I did it yeah <laughs> well see because it's the best negative episode so yeah. it's
0: still like a win oh, for
1: I mean, I'd be like humiliated for like 20 years, but I'd get over it. And I'd be like, I wrote. It. That's right. I did it. You no, dropped that out of parties.
0: <laughs> Matthew, if people want to hear more about you or from you, where could people find you? Plug anything you'd like to plug.
2: Right, right. You know, um, I mainly, you know, interact on Instagram. My handle is at Mattzart. Uh, that's M A T T Z A. RT. It's a Mozart reference. Yes. That's
0: awesome. <laughs> right. That's
2: art. Um, That's I cool. just, I'm on there. I'm my ADHD self. I let the freak flag fly. I also have Yay. a TikTok, but I'm not on it as much because you know, TikTok, you, you go on, for, like, I'm gonna go on for five minutes
1: and it's yeah. like, take a break. And 30, 30 years later, you're still yeah. on there. Yeah. It's yeah. like, mm-hmm.
2: take a break, damn it.
1: <laughs> time yeah. for your retirement party and you're still watching TikToks. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs>
2: so um mostly instagram but if you know anybody wanted to get a whole of like the tiktok i mean obviously they could just ask or maybe i'll share it we'll see right
0: on awesome well thank you so much for being on this week's episode we had a really really great time hosting you and it's it's always fun especially i love having guests on especially when the episodes are really really good or really really bad and ridiculous Mm -hmm. and like this is the one we got so this is perfect (laughs)
2: right so guys you guys thank you seriously i mean like being so close to the end of the the podcast the series i like when you guys got back to me i was like yes
0: (laughs) (laughs) well it's it's our pleasure no we we love have we love having people on because it adds to the conversation it's always fun and your insights were awesome guys thank you so much for nerding out with us next week we are breaking down season seven episode 23 preemptive strike the penultimate tng episode we will see you then bye
1: thanks for geeking out with us. Be sure to join the crew at the TNGpodcast.com to be the first to know when we do our live shows or host events exclusively for our members. We'll see you next time.